Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Good news, everyone! Today on Shutterspeak, we're going to talk about the soda and the speaking. And if you don't like it, you can bite my shiny metal ass! Hi, I'm Billy West, and welcome to So Speak. I mean, I'm Lyle Gronger, welcome to So Speak. Today I'm joined with my good friend Cody McDonald and David Eli. And we are going to. <laughs> And we're going to talk about, uh, well, we've talked a lot about The Simpsons. How many episodes have we done? Like, three? Uh, we've four, done four. A hundred? You guys have done four Simpsons We've done episodes. hundreds of hours of, uh, content about The Simpsons. So today I thought we'd do something different and talk about a show that, uh, we've actually just all recently gone into. Uh, Futurama. Uh, yes. The second show created by Matt Groening. Between uh, 1999 and, what was it, 2007? Uh, well, 2013 was, like, officially the 2013, that's right, because yeah. they, they talk about 2012 and 2013 a lot, so, yeah. wow. And there was a hiatus in between, because, unfortunately, unlike The Simpsons, which just never seems to end, uh, Futurama has been given the boot, so to speak, from executives. Fun, fun, fact, fun fact, there was actually, it was actually one of the new episodes that, that was foreshadowing COVID, basically. Oh yeah! Oh, when Fry gives everyone the flu. Oh, the common, right. common cold. The yeah, common, the common cold. Oh yeah, the common cold comes back. That's a funny one. <laughs> that was a pretty yeah. funny one, actually. <laughs> Should we talk about the the main group of characters first? Yeah, let's talk about the yeah, planet sure. the, the yeah. Planet Express crew. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, so uh, who, wants go, who wants to go first? Uh, first up, we have the main character of the show, Philip J. Fry, a delivery boy. From the 21st century, who always talks like this all the time. And then Cody, you were saying he almost felt like a, a, a riff on, like, the typical 90s, like, attitude. The 90s attitude, but combined with the visual sort of appeal, or not really appeal, just sort of his style, the same way James Dean was, like, in Rebel Without a Cause. Well, he's dressed the same as was, him, yeah. Which is exactly what uh, uh, Matt Groening said, like, that's exactly his, his costume, yeah, and, his, um, his wardrobe. Yeah, and uh, Billy West, the the guy who voices him, uh, he was kind of going... He was actually trying to imitate... Because he, he does talk a lot like Fry, actually. But he, what he was going for was he was trying to imitate the voice he had when he was 25 years old. So around the same time Fry was. Right. And he was trying to go for a Saturday morning vibe, but then he just thought his normal voice was just fine. And a common misconception that even he makes, he thought the character was named after the late Phil Hartman, uh, who were, was on The Simpsons at the time. But what actually ended up happening was Matt Groening ended up naming the character after his own father, who was named Homer Philip Groening. Oh. So, he must really love his dad, eh? He named two of his main protagonists from both his series after his father. That's insane. And funny, like, uh, both the main characters, their middle name starts with a J. Homer J. Simpson, Philip J. Fry. Oh, that's a good point, too. Holy shit, Holy I, didn't, I didn't even realize that till now. Holy <laughs> crap. Not, you know, I, still, I, still don't know, I still don't know what their middle names are. Like, Oh, the J in Homer stands for J. J-A-Y. <laughs> yeah, it's just that... Simple. J-A-Y. Just, oh, J. Like, it's just J. Leno. It's literally just J. That's the dust of joke. Oh, I see. So, J. Leno. That, like, J. Well, Leno. That's right? the joke, is J stands for J. I'm actually oh, I see what you mean. Oh, because yeah. so even it's like this whole time 
he was saying just the first initial, but he was yeah. actually saying J-A-Y, yeah, right? exactly. Oh, and, I see. Okay, yeah. I'm actually trying to look this up. It, this is annoying. It actually does not say what Fry's middle name is. It's just Philip J. Fry. Let it be a it mystery. Yeah, it's just a mystery. I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's also J-A-Y. <laughs> and he has his eye on a certain somebody. Uh, yes, we, we gotta go to uh, uh, the, the captain. Tar- uh, Taranga Leela. Taranga Leela, yes. Captain the, of the, the Planet Express. Captain, captain of the Planet Express ship, the head pilot. And, the, and yeah. at first she was believed she was believed to be an alien because she only had one eye. So we believe she was some sort of alien cyclops. But later on in the series it was revealed that she actually comes from underground Earth in the sewers with along along with all the sewer mutants. Yeah, she's a sewer mutant, just like her family. Yeah, uh, the only reason that the only reason she was left up in the surface is because out of all the mutants in history, she's the least mutated a mutant in all of all the mutants. She's the most no extra anything, just one eye. Everything else is human. Yeah, and she's and very she's, self-conscious about it. <laughs> and uh, they draw her to look like quite a babe. I'll say that. I, I gotta say, yeah, she's she has quite the body. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. People fantasize about Marge. I'm 100% Lila. I am with you on that. Oh yeah, I love, I love Lila. Amen, amen to that. But she also kicks ass. Yeah, she, she's no, she's, a, she's the yeah. Most... yeah. Oh, that's a good impression. Wow. <laughs> she's the only one on the goddamn crew who knows how to do her job. Well, except for Bender, he knows how to bend things. I guess. Well, she's like the straight person out of the crew. Yeah. But yeah. Thankfully, she, she's loyal. She, 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 she always follows orders. She knows what to do. Exactly. She's diplomatic for the most part. No, that's. That's sort of a problem sometimes, like, uh, because when people don't believe she it, she can do something, she has to prove it so much that she has to go, even if it means going against orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and thankfully, she she's a strong character, but she's also got, she has, like, some insecurities as well, which is kind of nice. Sometimes characters are just kind of flat, but for a straight person, she's actually quite fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love episodes of Sarah and Leela. And another interesting fact about the voice actors, Katie's... Sagal? Katie Sagal, yeah. Sagal, right. I always said Siegel, but no, it's Sagal. You probably know her best from Married Married with Children. I know her best. Yeah, Married with Children, uh, Sons of Anarchy, and there was this other show where she's also a mom. Uh, Kelly Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory was in it. It was the show she did before Big Bang Theory. Uh, Eight Simple Rules yeah. from Married with Children. Yes, that's it. Oh, was that the one? I never watched the show. I just know John Ritter was in it, and he passed away before they even got off the ground. Yeah. I, mean, I never watched any of those shows, actually. I just know, like, she was the main character in all of them. Like, she's known for a lot of good work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know her famously playing Ellen Norwood in Lost. There's my name drop oh, of the God night. God damn it. There's my name drop of the night. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, the night. <laughs> but what's interesting is that um, with Katie Sagal, she actually wasn't the first choice for the role. They originally wanted to give it to Nicole Sullivan. If you watch, uh, David, you ever watch Kim Possible? Oh yeah, yeah. She, uh, Nicole Sullivan is the voice of Shigo. Oh, and oh, you know it's funny because our the next character we mentioned is voiced by John, John DiMaggio, DiMaggio, who voiced Draken. So imagine a world where Doctor Dragon and Shigo, the same actors, are also in Futurama. <laughs> Nicole, and she also does a very good. Yeah, Shigo, ah, Shigo. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. I, 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 I've watched the entire show, Veronica. I, I know how Draken talks. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. I, love, I love that show. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's my... I, I, you, know, you know, it's funny. Um, all, all the franchises, like the merchandise and all that stuff, that, that's for girls, sure. But the show itself, anyone can watch that. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Kim Possible is great. I, I, I wish we could do a pop, uh, like a, a pop talk. <laughs> hey, that's my show. Cody, you need to watch this show. I swear to God, you'll love it. But um, yeah, yeah. We, they, yeah if, you, if you do, we could do a podcast of that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Veronica could join us. But um, yeah. So we should move on uh, to uh, B E N D A Bender. Bender. <laughs> you know what's funny? Bender's the name. Bending's my game. You know what's funny? In the first episode, his first spoken words is. Bite my shiny metal ass. His, <laughs> his catchphrase is his first line. Yeah. Like, do, you know, do you know what Bart Simpson's first line is in, in The Simpsons? Jingle bells, bells, Just awkwardly singing Batman, uh, Jingle bells, Batman smells. That's so funny. <laughs> but that establishes his character too. He's a punk. But anyways, yeah, Bender. No, you, you know, you know something. Uh, whenever I like saw Futurama on TV, like I saw Bender, and I thought, I thought, is he supposed to be like a robot version of Homer? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people make that comparison. That's the only thing I knew about the show before watching it was like I knew there was a character named Bender and he kind of looks like a robotic Homer Simpson. And he's named after uh, the 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 punk from uh, uh, Breakfast Club too. That yep yeah, yep. Yeah. And that's funny because that's where Eat My Shorts came from too. Ah. Oh. That, that's what he said to the principal. So yes. that character inspired two characters from <laughs> a graining show. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah Bender's, ben, Bender is... Um... He's a Mexican robot. <laughs> Even though I always forget that he's Mexican. Me too. Made in Mexico. Lid falls off. <laughs> and uh, his main purpose in life is to bend things, bend like girders and stuff. But he gets bored of that, so he just wants to kill all of humanity, and I guess. He has to stay in town. And, and drink. He which I drink. Never he's powered by he, alcohol. He's powered by alcohol. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't need a drink. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, like, honest, obviously, probably with the biggest breakout character of the show, honestly, definitely one of the most popular ones. And he's uh, great. That's debatable. There's also Zoidberg. <laughs> John <laughs> Zoidberg. <laughs> I think, uh, I think people most... are paying attention to me. <laughs> I think most. I think most. Stop spraying! Stop spraying me with ink, Zoidberg. Put on pants, Zoidberg. Don't touch your fancy box, Zoidberg. Oh, uh, I'm going to enjoy this fancy feast, those potato chips that Amy left behind. Those are toenail clippings. A uh, feast is a feast. I think most of the <laughs> most of the comedy of Zoidberg, it's not about what he's saying, it's how he's saying it. Well, yeah. Because literally, he sounds exactly like if you just put your he- fingers against your mouth and he's like, Oh, I got the ball in the roof all the time. Like, he literally talks exactly ha- how he looks. Is this what human mating looks like? Because <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you always have Zoidberg. You all have Zoidberg. <laughs> I, don't, I think Zoidberg's my favorite character in the entire show. But, quite honestly, but uh, uh, I don't even know who my favorite character would be. Oh, uh, maybe we could, we, we could say that. Zoidberg, why do you want to help Herbie so badly? And what's that catchy beat? I'll tell you two or three. I was lonesome for my friend a minute ago. And, yeah, we can get that. Stick to someone else, you barnacle. Yes. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention Zoidberg's the the doctor, I yes, guess. Yes, Dr. Zoidberg. Doctor yes. doesn't know a single damn thing about how humans work. <laughs> Wait, who's worse? We need a doctor. I'm a doctor. Who's worse, Zoidberg or Dr. Nick? Uh, Zoidberg at least has the excuse of being an alien, so maybe he doesn't know any better. <laughs> who, who, would do- you, who would you trust your life with if you were dying... And a doc- one well, of these doctors no, no, could say in, who, in the early days, Zoidberg actually was a competent doctor, but he threw it all away, and I'm going to talk about that in one of my episodes. <laughs> but yeah, he was a competent doctor at one point. I don't know what happened to him. He just got progressively worse at knowing how to take care of people. I don't know. At least, at least Zoidberg's funny. 
And he does really gross. I love how every part of his body is based on some deep sea creature of the yes. deep. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He's, supposed, he's basically supposed to be like a like an alien lobster. But you know, it was an episode where he, where they all kept growing younger and younger, and he went through all those collateral stages. There's an eel, a clam, a sea urchin, uh, an anglerfish, uh, uh, a coral. Yes, coral. That was his last one. Oh, that well, was just my brother. He fell in. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we could talk about Zoe all day. I, I have plenty of episodes with him as the main focus, so we can move on to. Uh, Hermes, the the accountant. <laughs> also another person who probably should could work for a better company, but just chooses to work at Planet Express. Probably one of the more underdeveloped characters out of the crew. Like, you think he's man. Let's get to business. I think between him and Amy, they really didn't have much to do at the beginning of the show, but they really fleshed out them all like, I was gonna, by the I, end. I was going to say, yeah. they have enough episodes. I lo- yeah. uh, I didn't get to mention it. Yeah, oh, yeah, we forgot. He's voiced by uh, Phil Lamar, who you would know as Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Really? The guy who gets his head shot off. Oh, my oh, man, God. Shot- he does- Man, I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? He became a very prolific voice actor. That's hilarious. I can kind of hear it now. That's funny. <laughs> my manwich. I, I like Hermes. My manwich. If nothing else, it's just like, you know, at least he loves what he does, even, even though what he does is incredibly boring. I like his wife. His wife is He's, a, bu- he's a bureaucrat. Uh, <laughs> What what's her name? La Barbara. La Barbara. <laughs> La Barbara. Oh, husband. I love her wife. His wife is great. And son, like, <laughs> and son, which which and then when they took over the company, Planet Express is now Awesome Express. You rotten kids. Uh, will you be hiring? No, you <laughs> my, rotten kids. My 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 all time favorite Hermes joke. It's the one where it's when Hermes how Hermes requisitioned his group. It's like when he gets fired. And it's like, wow, Hermes, you're taking this quite well. Don't worry, oh, I, wait, have a plan. I have a plan. I'm going to jump. Do a flip. Do a flip. It's one of the first times I ever died laughing at Futurama. I, I wish, guys, I have to say this. I wish I was a quote machine with Futurama, but I'm something. Something. Not Yeah, David. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a newbie. I'm new to this. Dave, show, David's so. showing his true colors. He's got a lot of it down. I'm impressed. Uh, oh. Well, well, let's move on from uh, Hermes and talk about Amy Wong. The the forever intern. I know, she was an in- she's like the intern for Farnsworth. And the funny thing is is that she never like gets the job. She never gets promoted. Well, she's rich. Her whole family, her family basically owns Mars. You got to admit, like out of all the crew members, like uh Amy's the one who's like he seems like the least normal if you think about it. The least normal? I mean, no, the most normal. So, most normal. Okay, Sorry, I was yeah, saying, like, least weird and most normal at the same time, so I got least normal. No, yeah. but she's, like, the most normal out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I just think it's funny, because her parents are rich, she works as an intern, her family owns a planet, and it's like, well, you know, maybe that's why she just doesn't bother getting promoted, because she's kind of just set for life anyways. Mm. Wait, so they, they own all of Mars? I think so, like, the Wongs own the university... They own, like, huge plantations. I know, I, know they, I know they own this, like, big ranch on Mars, they but they own ranch. a whole planet? I don't, they're very, very, very affluent. I think they might own the planet. I could be wrong, but I just know they live on Mars, and she's from there. She's a yeah, Martian. Yeah. Chinese yeah, they, Martian. A ch- yeah, a Chinese family owning a, owning a whole ranch on Mars. That's Yeah, and yeah. they own, like, these ladybug things that kind of remind me of the stuff from Starship Troopers. 
And she also has, like, a, a very long uh, relationship uh, throughout the series with Kiff Croker. <laughs> Amy, I am sore. I need some acetaminophen. Aw, Kiffy, my ass does taste like cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, I, I think they're kind of a cute relationship, kind of an odd couple kind of thing, but... When they're, I don't know, I don't think Amy's really, like, the typical dumb character. I think she's just kind of oblivious half the time. Yeah. She's in a position that she probably doesn't really need to be in, like, a, a scientist's assistant. But, I don't know, she's still a fun character. She's ambitious, but really doesn't add much. <laughs> yeah. 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 But she's cute. And then, cute. and then there's the one who hired them all. <laughs> Professor oh, yes. Hubert Farnsworth. <laughs> Professor Hubert Fry, J. Farnsworth. Fry's great, Fry's great, 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 great. Crossfade. Great, 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 great. great <laughs> yeah, just great. ten minutes later. Great, 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 great. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's he's Fry's last living relative, and uh, he's like this mad scientist, freaking hilarious. Also kind of adorable at times. Hey, know. hey, Farnsworth. Professor Frink called. He wants his glasses back. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> but, I, but I like being old. I don't have to talk to my parents. No one asks me to help move their stuff. I don't have to understand today's edgy sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that's, yeah. what I, that's what I like about all the kids. Everything feels so theatrical sometimes. Like, exaggerated. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's really, like, the charm of the dynamic between, like, everyone in the crew. Yeah, yeah, no, everyone bounces off each other great. And that's kind of nice, because it's just like, it's more like a workplace comedy at times. And a lot of episodes, they imply so much, like, how weird things happen all the time, and it's just something that they're used to, and then that's just what they imply, that, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like weird things happen, but they make, it's kind of hard to explain. No, 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 they, they treat it blasé, despite the fact they're traveling all the way across space just to deliver packages. More often than not, it's like they don't even really care if they deliver the package or not because something else happens. It's just yeah. a way to get from point A to point B in most storylines. Oh, God. Uh, okay, but, uh, fellas, we really got to keep going. Uh, we, we, we've talked enough about uh, all the great characters of this show and how they bounce off each other. Um, but um, I think, much like our Simpsons episode, it's most, most prudent to go season by season. And by season, I mean uh, we kind of screwed this up. Uh, it turns out that Disney Plus has rearranged a lot of the seasons in the show. Which I did not realize until, until a few days ago when yeah, you told me that, actually. Yeah, so it's all, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, explain it to him. Yeah, yeah so basically, uh, Disney Plus has the Futurama as ten seasons, when really there's... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, because they, all... they split up into so much... It's really supposed to be like a five seasons and a few movies but actually it's seven seasons and a few oh, movies right seven seasons yeah but we didn't look yeah. at it like that so i bet a lot of diehard fans are going to look at us and think we're quacks so according Ooh. to the disney plus list this is how we're going to go down through the the 10 seasons well technically it's nine seasons and like season six is just all four directed dvd movies what's so funny is when i saw it and i said hey 10 seasons that's a great run Hey, Simpsons, get on that! We will talk. <laughs> I will mention that <laughs> later. But, um, okay, so let's start with season one. Uh, and I, I, I will, the order will be, I'll, I'll go first, and then David, you'll go next, and then Cody will finish us off, and then we'll continue on from there. Um, I'm gonna kind of cheat here, 
And I'm just going to say two episodes, and the only reason I'm doing that is because they're right back-to-back, -back, and it's essentially just, like, a nice 40-minute pilot of the show. And that is Space Pilot 3000, as well as the series has landed. So these, these episodes essentially kick off the series in a very, very strong foot. Very strong foot. Pre the, this uh, is, like, one of the best pilots for a sitcom I've ever seen. I actually. will totally agree with you. Within the first episode, we established our first our, our four main characters, Fry, Bender, Leela, and Farnsworth. We get to learn a lot about how Fry was before uh, the accident. <laughs> and what's even amazing is that... I don't know if we should really go into spoilers or anything, but they actually do set up a lot in the first pilot. Like, the, uh... You know the shadow that appears when Fry falls into the freezer? That's Nibbler. That's Nibbler. Uh, yes. Nibbler, yeah. They established it you know, so also, early on. Also, that, those alien spaceships that were destroying the city, that was, uh... That was Bender. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing continuity. I know, I know. And that's what I love. One thing amazing about the first episode is that... They go back to it so much, probably because they knew how strong it was. That's how I know this off by heart. Uh, pizza delivery for Icy Wiener. Ah, uh, crud. Here's to another, another lousy, lousy millennium. millennium. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know that off by heart. They always go back to that moment. Can I ask you guys something? How the hell did this um, cryogenic freezing plant survive an entire... Millennium. That's the first thing I thought of, and then I said, fuck it, or else you don't have your show. I know, but, like, <laughs> wouldn't there be a power failure? Or wouldn't the building be condemned? Wouldn't the people working there be like, wait, who's this asshole in there with a beard and a dumb expression on his face? He doesn't look like boy. He's not in the records. Uh, maybe we should get him out so we can go see his family. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then it's like... He needs to go hang out with his dog. Oh, too soon. Oh. Seymour. Too, oh, yeah. too soon, too soon. We'll get to that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, and then, then we're introduced to Leela, who uh, confesses that she's an alien who's just kind of working there to assign people jobs. And In then, the future, everybody's assigned to jobs. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't want to be a delivery boy. Well, it's your, it's your job. It's it's your job to make people do what they want, whether you like it or not. And it's my job to make you do that, whether I like it or not, which I do very, very much. Ooh. <laughs> That character didn't come back to too many other times. Um, no, I think it's another time. Hello, Lila. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, they don't go back to those chips either. They don't mention them anymore after the first episode. Like the job implants. You know? In the hands. Kind of like Logan's run. But, um, oh yeah, then he uh, stumbles into a bar and happens... Oh no, he stumbles into a phone booth, which is actually a suicide booth. <laughs> which I guess exists. And that's how he meets, meets Bender. <laughs> Would you like to have quick and painless or slow and suffering? <laughs> and, uh, Take it to Planet Express. It's actually kind of crazy looking at Bender in the first episode because his whole mission is that he realized that he was spending his entire existence building girders for suicide booths. So he wants to end his life by going into one of them. And he has like the quarter and the string trick. I don't really know if he actually wanted to die or what, but that's just that was his motivation. <laughs> oh Until God. Fry got him to be motivated enough to just do things and have his own free will. Well, it took a little electricity to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I can bend anything! Ha-ha! His arms fall off. Ah, oh, crap! And then, uh, then it just so happens that they find out that Fry has only one last living, uh, relative, and that just happens to be the old, frail Farnsworth. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into... We, we, we don't want to get into the plot of each episode, but it just does such a strong job of establishing 
how Fry ended up a thousand years into the future. And it was great. And I love how they keep going back to it. Because it is honestly like a solid, solid pilot. Maybe even more solid than uh, Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire. Way better. Mm-hmm. I think it's way better. It actually establishes the premise really nice. The characters. It, it just... it. Well... It, it, also, is it the only time that Fry has ever... We've ever seen Fry go through the tubes? Like, the pneumatic tube system of New New York? Oh, maybe, yeah. Because I, I know, I know in the intro you can quickly see... Yeah. I know in the intro you can quickly see, like, you know, Zoidberg and, and Amy and, and Amy, everybody just go by quickly, but... Yeah, but we don't use them... They don't use them too often. I mean, you see other people use them, but we never yeah. see Planet Express use them too often. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Like, uh, has Fry ever gone through the tube since then? I know Elon Musk wanted to build one of those things, like a new yeah. tube he system. He still wants to, actually. Oh, uh, good luck with that. It, it makes travel in L.A. a lot better. I mean, his ideas are there. Just execution? We'll see. He's a little, <laughs> he, he's a little before his time, I think. Just, But the whole idea in the pilot is that he hates Fry hates his life as a delivery boy in the year 1999, wakes up in a, a millennium later, thinks it's going to be a fresh start, and he's a delivery boy. It's hilarious. <laughs> and the best part is he's reluctant at first, but then as soon as he gets the job to drive a spaceship or whatever, he's like, he'll be oh, delivery. I'm a delivery boy. I'm a delivery boy. <laughs> that, wait, do that again. Do that again. I'm a delivery boy. That was good. That's a really good. Wow, is that you? It yeah. is me. Yes. That is a damn good impression. I, I, oh can, my God. I, I can imitate Fry pretty well. I will not lie. All right. I'm a delivery boy! I think the only part of the episode I don't like is when he wakes up in the year 3000 and he looks out and he's like, Oh no, my family, my girlfriend, everyone I know is gone. That was the that was the first laugh I've ever gotten in the show. Oh really? You like that? I laughed at that. That's hilarious. It is a subversion, I guess. But then later in the episode it kind of dawns on him that, yeah, everything I know is gone. But, well, there's other episodes that touch on that, too. I gotta get on to my next episode just quickly. So, the series has landed, much like the pilot, does an excellent job establishing the remaining crew members of the uh, the Planet Express, such as Zoidberg, who asks for Fry to open his mouth. <laughs> he, he, apparently, he has teeth in the first few episodes. Oh, yeah, he does. That's right. Young lady, I am an expert in uh, human biology. Now open one of your mouths and suck. And their first mission is to the moon. Yeah, and Fry's so giddy to go to the moon. And he's just like... And okay. One small step for man. One giant step in the line. I, I can't remember if it was this exact episode, but didn't they find like a a, uh, a Bart Simpson doll? No, 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 that was the uh, the trash episode. It was that one, yeah, but I, still. I like, I like the part, I like the part so where the magnet, where you put a magnet on Bender and it makes him go crazy. Like, oh no, not the magnet, no! Yeah. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes! She'll, She'll be, be coming around come. the mountain when she comes! I'll kill you, Amy! She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes! And Amy even has this, like, set up payoff where she has to get the keys... She left in a vending. She le- accidentally lost the keys in a box that they were supposed to deliver, and ended up in the vending machine. And she has to spend the whole episode trying to get it, and that pays off because she uses the magnet, much like a claw game. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this episode, other than that it just establishes her main crew, and it's fun seeing how, uh, to Fry's eyes, going to the moon is like a rare experience they never thought in a million years he'd ever get to do. But to everyone else, it's just a literal day at the park. Yeah. So it's boring to them, but exciting for him. But I, okay, so I've taken up too much time. David, what is your first pick for uh, season one? 
it's funny enough, like, you, you, well, you chose the first episode, Cody, you chose the second episode, uh, mine's the third episode, oh. I Roommate. Oh, no, I, I, I picked the second episode. Okay, well, yeah, it's, well, either way, like, so far we've done the first, second, and now it's the third episode of season one, uh, mine's I Roommate. Oh, yeah, the one where Bender becomes a roommate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, um, yeah, because, like, Fry, cause Fry's been staying at the professor's lab, because he has no place to go, so... He moves in with Bender at his his apartment. The problem is, uh, the building is called Robot Arms Apartments, yeah. and like every room is just like a a room that you just stand in. It's like the like, size of a uh, closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So Fry needs a new apartment with Bender, so they try to find a new place, and they found the perfect place for themselves. The problem is, uh, Bender's antenna picks up picks up the TV TV frequency. So no one's able to watch TV because because uh, they all have satellite. Yeah, Bender's Bender's antenna picks up satellite. Anyways, um, so they so they make they all make him move back into his own apartment, but he misses Fry. So and so he eventually feels bad about it. So he cuts his antenna off just so he can live with Fry. But then then Fry feels bad about it. So they move back in into the robot arms apartment and. Uh, Bender shows him the closet, and the closet is actually so big. The closet is actually bigger than my apartment, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like, gee, humans sure are weird, or something like that. You want you want to live in the closet? Eesh, I'll never understand you humans. <laughs> there, were there a lot of episodes that a sta- like, I'll never understand you. I'll never opinions? understand you humans. Sorry, what? sorry, sorry. What did you say? Kevin? Oh no, I was just gonna ask. Were there other episodes that kind of followed dyna- the dynamic between Fry and Bender? Because I think this might be like the best one. And there's quite a few of them, yeah. Uh, they're best friends. Yeah, yeah they are best friends, and there are episodes where it's like they they focus. It. Like I remember, there's an anthology of interest episode where like Bender becomes a massive robot, and Fry treats him like his like mm. guardian. Or something. I know we didn't choose those, but the anthology anthologies of interests are like. They're really the Treehouse good. of Horrors. They're the, the Treehouse of Horrors or the inter- intergalactic commercials of Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just like a grab are, bag of interesting ideas. Those are fun. Those are really so, fun. What's this? Two meals funny. and like, one yeah, week? Buddy, the, the anthology of interests kind of remind me of the Marvel's What If, you know? Essentially, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. They literally ask, like, what if I was more impulsive? Yeah, like the outside of the box ideas of the show. Yeah, like exactly. murdering impulsive. And then they kind of they kind of went downhill once they just became like typical three part anthologies that didn't have any connective tissue. Oh, that's okay. Things don't last. Um, okay, so that's your episode, David. Uh, Cody, why don't you end us off with this the the last episode of uh, season one that you liked? Oh, I was gonna say this isn't the last. This episode isn't the last episode. <laughs> I almost picked the last episode, but I changed my mind. We are, all right, we're jumping ahead to episode six with a fish full of dollars. Mm, the one where Fry waxes poetically about the nineties. I wonder why Cody from the nineties <laughs> picked this episode. I know the <laughs> symmetry here is insane. Mm, it's like poetry; it rhymes. <laughs> Fry discovers that anchovies are completely extinct in the year three thousand, and they're not a common pizza topping. And he find how does he find it again? Uh, I think he, he finds it in like a museum or something. Ah, like that's that. right. Yes, yeah. yes. But he also found out that he has a bank account. He put like what seventy nine cents in it with like back in the year nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it, the interest grew so much that it's like worth millions of dollars. Wouldn't he be pronounced dead though? And it, well, it could always still be in the account, just if the 
the user doesn't close the account, I could always stay there. Oh, Unless okay. there wasn't any sort of... Um, I guess he didn't have a will, so, yeah. If there wasn't any sort of will or a joint account with somebody else, then the money could have could have gone towards his family. Anyway, so he has a lot of money. Yeah. He has a lot of money. <laughs> he spends it all on this fucking anchovy. And mom is completely obsessed with this, so she hires her three sons to, like, stock... Well, yeah, because anchovies create this oil that could be used as, like, a renewable energy source or something valuable like that. Yeah, that's It's even right. cheaper than her fuels, so it's why she wants it so badly. So she hires her three sons to stock fry and try to figure out, like, where where she she can get all these anchovies. His bank account is the same price of a pizza and a, and a Coke. I think it's, like, ten seventy nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um... That's they a do. lot of money for... No, I don't think it's that. That's a lot of money for a, a slice and a, a coat. A slice and a coat. That's a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, for um, 10... I wouldn't pay that. They do such a funny, elaborate way to try to get... Fries, say his They number. recreate the entire <laughs> they, thing. They recreate... Uh, what's the pizzeria called again? I'm sorry. Uh, Panucci? Panucci's Pizza. That's, yeah. the, wait, that's the one he works at, so I don't know if that's the same one. That is one. the one. That's the same okay. one. Yeah, yeah. Panucci. Come Panucci's on, pizza. Panucci's Pizza. Don't tip the delivery boy. <laughs> hey, Fry, let's go. Come on. <laughs> it says on the box, don't tip, don't tip, tip the, the delivery boy. boy. That's awful. I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my that life. That's awful. So they get they get the the head of Pamela Anderson to come in and have <laughs> her have a cameo of saying like I'd like to have a large pizza or sorry just a little slice of pizza and a large coke. How much will that be? And they're trying to get him. He's all dazed, right? Like he's all like mm-hmm. fucked up. I think he eventually says it or something like that. He does. Yeah. 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 And lay him on the side. Um, I forget how it, it concludes, but I just remember this one having such a, an elaborate. Uh, oh, I the, the ending's actually the thing I remember the most. He actually uh, he eventually does use the anchovies. He doesn't sell it to mom. He uses it and he puts it on a pizza. And he oh, feeds and the Zo- entire well, Zoidberg at first. Yeah, yeah Zoidberg comes yeah, and goes. Yeah. Okay, I have more. This, I have this. There is no more. There'll never be any more. More. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what is that heavenly stench? <laughs> more. There aren't any more. There no and more. there never will there be. More. more. Yeah, because wasn't it set up ahead of time that Zoiberg thought Zoyberg it was like... species is responsible for the extinction yeah, of anchovies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're well, addicted oh, to oh, it. Wait, wait, wait. So Zoiberg species is responsible for the extinction? Of, of anchovies, yeah, because they, they go crazy for them. Caca Oh, anchovies. I see. You know what I love about this episode? It's the episode that actually convinced me to try anchovy pizza for the first time. Oh, nice. And I I actually enjoy it. It's not bad. I think more people should give it a try. I mean, it's salty, but it's pretty good. Especially with black olives. Try with black olives and extra sauce. That's my go-to. But anyways, Fry's got taste. He's got a weird taste, and God bless him, and he's a little too wrapped up in the 90s, and I don't know how any of that stuff would exist a thousand years later, but mm. here we remain. Yeah, it, it struck a chord with me, so... Alright, so are we going to season two? Yeah, we'll go to season two. So speaking of fast food, my next episode is The Problem with Poplars. I love, I love that episode. You know what's funny? Every time I watch that episode, I feel the need to have popcorn. I uh, Popcorn chicken or popcorn shrimp or just popcorn? No, just, just popcorn. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I, know it's kind of, I know it's kind of weird, but yeah, I guess it's because, like, uh, yeah, the poplars... Around your popcorn chicken and the popcorn chicken is on the popcorn, like it's, uh, it's kind of a weird thing, really. But it just that's how it is with me. Yeah. So essentially, like the gang are on a mission. Uh, Bender didn't get any food, so they land on a distant planet that just so happens to have like a huge deposit of these, like kind of like these, uh, 
balls of like meat or something and they eat them popcorn. like popcorn chicken yeah kind of yeah it just kind of looks like breaded food or whatever and so they eat them and they, they apparently it's just so addictive that they just take a whole shitload of it back to earth and because it's so tasty and scrumptious they sell they like, call them tasticles <laughs> yeah tasticles yeah that that didn't stick <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just like they, uh, they, they sells, they sell them to like this fast food company and they sell like hotcakes and everyone's eating them. And it's not until Leela has like the, a few day old one that ends up hatching and it turns out that they're eggs for a certain... Hey, how's, how's the song go again? Poplar is a popping in your mouth. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but when Leela finds out the horrifying truth that they are living beings, eggs no less... They try to have, like, a whole campaign to shut down, but it's too popular and it's too late, so... The real problem comes in... Hear me, hear me! Stop eating poplars! Stop eating them with honey mustard sauce! <laughs> Stop eating them with honey mustard sauce! And the Stop dipping them! Oh, and I can't forget the hippies, like, the, the guys are like, Hey, man, meat is murder! Living beings do not need to eat other living beings! We taught a lion how to eat tofu! The point is, you shouldn't eat things that feel pain. Okay, we won't eat you. <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's shut, up, shut 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 up. You, you shut up, you, sir. You shut no, up, man. you shut up, sir. Yeah, no, I love the episode because it's such a dig on, you know, both like the fast food, you know, consumerism, as well as the fact that, yeah, people who like, like the protesters who ban people who eat meat, ultimately it's just a choice, so they're equally just as annoying but it's all just like a nice little dig, and it ends up happening. Yeah, like it's, that you know, it's noble that they wanted to save animals, but like you, sometimes they overdo it in real life, you know. Yeah, some I don't know. Like it, it, there's extremes on both ends of the spectrum, so that's what the episode sat satirizes so nicely. And I love how that it turns out that all the poplars actually come from Lur, ruler of Omnicron Percy I eight, and his people of Earth. I am Lur of the planet Omicron Percy I eight. Yeah, but anyways, so like, he's gonna eat Leela because Leela was the one who started all of the the I guess the massacre of their uh, younglings. But then it turns out um they try to do a bait and switch with a monkey, and then it uh, all falls apart. But then eventually he just ends up eating the hippie guy. It's like this can't be yeah, happening. You know, you, know, you know what's weird? Like uh, they tried to switch with the orangutan, but then the stupid hippie like points it yeah, out, the hippie and then they eat the orangutan anyway. Like, yeah. Like, you pointed out to save it the orangutan, but they eat the monkey anyway. And it was never mentioned again. But I love when Lur eats the hippie and he gets high. It's like, oh, yeah, that that hippie ass. like must have a lot of weed on him because oh, he's high. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. You know the first time I saw that episode, like, okay, I wasn't too familiar with weed, so the first time I saw that episode, <laughs> like, when he when he ate when he ate the hippie, I thought maybe the hippie was taking control of his body. <laughs> That's not a bad guess when you're a kid, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. the things you eat become you in the end. Yeah, oh, that's a uh... yeah. But anyways, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it. I, I said my piece on the episode. It's just a very funny uh, stab at like fast food and just like you know, people are annoying sometimes when it comes to like the choice of eating meat. Well, at the time, yeah, it was very especially like, especially like the part at the end of the episode where having all these like meat dishes, like like uh, they all... Master Veal. Hey, if I said I'd sort of be pig, hey, who wants dolphin? <laughs> yeah, 
And um, yeah, you know, dolphin. Other... Dolphins are intelligent. Not this one. He's not this one. He kept biting me or something. I don't know. It was only along those lines. Gamb- gambling problem, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the episode actually won an award for like environmentalism or something. Like it's a writing. Uh, it was I forget the name of the award, but it was like something about like beneficiaries for environmentalism or something. So they actually, despite being like a, a, a critical analysis of environmentalism, it won an award on environmentalism. Huh. So you know it's clever, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, David, what is your next episode? My episode of season two is it's kind of a tie between uh, R- Raging Bender and Mother's Day. So, okay. so maybe, maybe we'll just go with Raging, Raging Bender. Yeah, so Raging Bender... Uh, Bender actually becomes a wrestler for the Ultimate Robot Fighting League, and uh, turns out after his first victory, he found out that the fights were just fixed. The only reason he won, he wins so much, is because he's popular. Uh huh. Yeah. And and in this corner, Bender the Offender. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, he he wins like all these robot fights, and but uh. But then, it, like his merchandise goes down, goes down a bit. Starts go down, and he becomes least, less popular. So they decide to, so they decide to make him lose the next round. And if he refuses, uh, he's gonna make the next robot beat him to death. Like, so um, yeah. So and then they decide to make him like a wear like a like, wear like a tutu, like a ballet tutu, and yeah, just he loses popularity. But you know, it's a good episode. Like I like how. He, he like Leela trains him just to be like the ultimate robot fighter, and it's pretty funny. Oh, and there's also a side plot where like uh, like a Herbie's comes across these like uh these brain slug things that like uh, control your mind. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember those. They were in the video game. Yes. What video game? There. Oh, there was a Futurama video game. PlayStation, PlayStation Two, like it was kind of like the really? Simpsons game or like the Family Guy game. Oh, really? Yeah, um, I need to play this. It doesn't look like it aged too well, but I hear it's not too too bad. Yeah. Is it a platformer? Basically. Hey yo. Oh yeah, you and your platformers. <laughs> but that's a yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've seen that episode, David. So I don't really have too too much to say about I, it. I I actually remember the Mother's Day one a little bit more than yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Really, so yeah. let's talk about let's talk about the Mother's Day one. So um, uh, yeah, it's Mother's Day and. The way people celebrate Mother's Day is the robots celebrate Mother's Day for Mom, the creator, the one who created all the robots. Yeah. So, yeah. So they make they make donations or they buy gifts. Even Bender, like he gets all these gifts for Mom. And what the craziest thing is, he didn't steal them. He dun, 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 bought them. Bum, he actually bought bum, stuff. Bum, bum, bum. What? What would you get at your wishy gizmo? No, I, I got this card. Alright. Yeah. I love you, Mom, so I guess you're to blame. For this time, you just from here you're nine. You're you're something is something and we're Mr. Strami. Ding 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 ding. I love my mommy. <laughs> yeah. No, I love how insincere mom is. Like at first like she has she has like this facade of being this like kin this kindred like I uh, love every officially it's I love every one of my robots. Unofficially, jerkwad robots make me sick to my ass. 
you, you knew that the writers were gonna have to have Farnsworth and Mom in the saddle someday. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a given. They have a long. That was, that was pretty much already revealed in the the episode with Fishful of Dollars, where she claims to be like a saint. Oh but yes. She's really, she's really just like an evil brute. Well, no, but like the history between Farnsworth and her. Which oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was something like a. There's yeah. an episode where they're like naked in a cabin together, and I can't unsee yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Professor, the fate of the world depends on you getting to second base with mom. Very well. If Kappa feel I must, then Kappa feel I shall. Kappa feel I shall. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine if Larry David played Farnsworth? <laughs> That'd be great. Be like, oh. Oh, Fry. <laughs> Oh man, I can actually do the voice when I think of Larry David. (laughs) Milk and coffee! What a drink! (laughs) Anyways, sorry. Yeah, I like that episode. Is that the episode where she tries to take over the world? What? Mother's Day. That's the one where she tries to take over the world with robots, right? Yeah, with the robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conquer Earth, you bastards! Conquer Earth, you bastards! Conquer Earth, us bastards! (laughs) Great. Yeah, yeah. I like that episode a lot, actually. Um, what's your episode, Cody? Uh, the season two premiere, A Flight to Remember. Oh, the Titanic parody, yes! I'm too predictable, because I'm such a big Titanic fan, so, yeah, obviously they're doing a whole play on a replica of the the Titanic floating out into space. I I like when you take an unsympathetic character at first, but throw him into, like, some sort of romance subplot, and that's what happens to Bender in this episode. Because yeah. it's so obvious and apparent where the plot is going to go. Like, when is the ship going to sink, or in this case, or, float well, away? Well, actually, it did sink in a hole. <laughs> in a hole, yeah. In a this black case, hole. In this yeah. case, it's going to get sucked into a black hole. So when is it going to happen? You know, like it's it, and it's honestly when it happens, it's so late in the game that it, it's not like so. You know, it's not like the movie where it's, it's like the know, first you know, half, what, second what's half. What's also funny is that like uh, when he was with that girl. Uh, what you really just cared about was the jewel she had, which is supposed to be like the heart of the ocean. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. And yet, like uh, when when the rope when the girl was on, it's like a, he gets the diamond, and it's like, well, at least I saw the diamond. What do you think it's worth? It's a fake, fake, fake mon. No! no! I like how they're doing the famous like drawing her nude scene, but it's like the the inside uh, sort of like. Uh, Formatics of a of a of a robot. Schematics. Yeah. Schematics. Sorry, schematic. What's Thema- a fu- thematic? That's a fucking Cody That's word. That's a thematic. That's a Cody dude. word. That's a Cody thematic. word. Thematic. Schematic. Some bad shit, hippie. <laughs> Was it, are we making Beastie Boys songs? Oh. <laughs> Another '90s reference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're in the show. Too. And, and all. And also, not just the romance of Bender and uh, forgetting her name right now, but um. Yeah, I don't know her name either. Uh, <laughs> but but it's also uh, uh, Amy's parents are on board and need to have a date, or want to want Amy to show her. Uh, sorry, I'm worried. They, they want to assign her a date. Yeah, they want to assign her a date, and it ends up being Fry, which makes Leela jealous. This is our first sort of ripples into their relationship that carries out, like, almost the whole show, really. Like, their yeah, their yeah. romance is, like, blossomed at this point, where you're like, okay, they're not just, like, co-workers or friends. Like, there is actually There's romance. There's a thing, yeah. There's a thing here. That's another thing I appreciate about the episode. Yeah, the problem is, like, Man, uh, Fry's a lucky son of a bitch, Zap, I'll tell you Zap that. Is on, because Zap is on the ship, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he has Leela again. 
but she pretends to be a fry just to get him to back off. Yeah. I, I love how I, you don't pick up on this when you just watch the show casually, but as soon as, like, Leela, like, pity fucks Zap Brannigan, I love how every time Zap Brannigan shows up, it's like, oh, hey, it's that guy you slept with. <laughs> <laughs> it's who, like, who just that, that one time. What? Who says it? Oh, hey, it's a guy who Who said that? Typically Bender. <laughs> sometimes uh, sometimes someone else, but it's usually Bender. See, oh, yeah, like, I remember part of what they said. Uh, Zap and I have, have some bad history. And Bender goes, was that before or after you slept with him? Yeah, exactly. He always brings it up in conversation, even when it's not necessary. See, it's kind of funny you brought that up, Lyle, about casually viewing, because that's sort of how I was viewing it the first time. Yeah, me but, too. But re-watching it, and I guess in this case for David, who's probably watched it a lot of times, Futurama prides in background humor. And continuity, yeah. And, well, and especially background humor. Like, you honestly don't, you have to, like, your eyes have to sort of look away and look at the background sometimes, because there's gags that are going to, like, fly over your head if you blink. Mm. There's so many. It's rich. It's rich with layers. This show. Yeah, no, yeah I know. I really appreciate not, not, that. Hey, nothing flies over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Oh man, can you imagine a Futurama Guardians of the Galaxy crossover? That'd be, that'd be pretty. Cool. Oh god, that would be something. Hey, hey, hey Disney, it. get on that. Come on, <laughs> you, you own both properties. Hey, I'm so, I'm still waiting for future. What wasn't there a crossover of Futurama and Rick and Morty? Mm, I don't think so. There was one with the Simpsons. Yeah, though. we'll get to that. We'll touch on. We're that gonna touch on that later. Yeah, very. Um, oh yeah, when, the... when Rick when Rick, when Morty was driving and he killed the Simpsons. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was a catch. He, that was the one. Yes. The baby Morty. Oh my God. <laughs> We're not talking about Rick and Morty, David. We'll do that Sorry. another year. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Join me. Okay. okay. Join me. Maybe I'll do a pop talk on it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're giving you okay. so many ideas that so you can steal from us, Cody. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's all I gotta say. It, it's just, it's um, it, it was it's one, a, one of the more memorable ones. You know, it's pretty, okay. it's pretty ballsy to parody a movie that came out like not too long ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, my pick for season three is Bending in the Wind. So remember how we established how anytime Bender gets hit with a magnet, he just starts singing folk songs? Well, it turns yeah. out he's always had a fantasy about being a famous folk singer. So this episode pursues that, where he gets accidentally mauled by a gigantic cartoonish uh, can opener. And uh, he can't move his arms or legs. And he's all depressed. Oh, this episode was back, right? Yeah, yeah, and then I was just about to get to that. And he uh, meets Beck, alternative rock... Uh, other genre guy mu- mu- musician Beck and uh, honest to god I, I love this episode par- primarily because of him he's my favorite musical guest on the show yeah he does his own voice yeah and uh, they, they play a few of his songs and uh, I love how the show the episode is basically both a celebration and kind of a mockery of him and he just plays it entirely straight he has his own, like, rhyming dictionary and dictionary for all the weird words he puts into his songs. Um, Bender becomes a watch, a washboard for him, and during uh, Where It's At, he's like, That was a good wa- That was a washboard break. Where it's at. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, I know there's other music guests, like uh, Beastie Boys. They have a pretty memorable turn as well, but um, I like this one better. And I love how it was, uh, he's, he's, they placed his head, oh yeah, we forgot, every celebrity from our time is placed in a, like, kind of like a, uh, and the, a and the jar. Yeah, just heads no, in the jar. You know weird, though? You know what's weird, though? Uh, there have been some famous people, like, in the past, like, like, they say, like, all the celebrities, all the famous people are heads in the jar. 
but that even includes the ones that already died. Like, uh, for example, I remember seeing the episode with uh, the President Theodore Roosevelt's hand in a jar, but he well, died every, every president. Yeah, yeah, Nixon is there. It's like he died in you know, like long before the 1999. Yeah, like, how, how, did, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Who cares? It, even in the pilot, I noticed even Matt Groening was ahead in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but yeah, and they just place Beck's head on like a mannequin, and I love how uh, Art Garfunkel's like long, long distant relative is still singing his songs like a thousand years, like, <laughs> and some change afterwards. It's like this is a song my ancestor made famous. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? <laughs> Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> it's just like. I guess people would like that music in the year 3000. Why not? It's timeless, all right? <laughs> it would be classic, classical music. Classical time. music? <laughs> what is this, a Destiny trailer? Oh, man. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't have too, too much. I, I will say it is hilarious how um, at the end of the episode where, like, Bender's, like, after losing all of his money and, like, being kicked out of the band... He still puts a magnet on his head. He's like, ah, oh, fry crack corn, I don't care. Lila crack corn, I don't care. Better crack corn, cause he is great. Take that, you stupid corn. <laughs> I can't do a Bender impression. It's, it's my one Achilles heel. But anyways, uh, David, what's your next pick? Okay, well, mine is, I think, is uh, the Cyber House Rules. That's when uh, Lila got, Lila goes to her or orphanage reunion and um, she realized like how everyone was mean to her back back in those days when they were kids because she had one eye. So she she realized she had enough of it. So she decides to get surgery and gets two eyes instead. Oh right. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah and and uh, it's so also on the weird. Side, you know, uh, Bender takes in all all the orphans to raise them as his own, and um, <laughs> does a terrible and, uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny, and like uh, like I uh, just he just tries to take care of all the kids, and like he realizes like how, how, like how hard it is, but he's doing it. Mm. He's doing it for the money. He's doing it just to get so much money, and uh, yeah, all in all, it's just a funny episode, really. She doesn't look good with two eyes. Isn't that? Yeah, <laughs> I like her with one eye. You know, yeah. that's so weird. Well, that's like... what she learns, like just to be happy with yourself. It's like, I mean, it's a timeless theme mm. with anybody struggling with some sort of physical. Thing that they have a problem with on their body that makes me wonder like why does she look so unnatural with two eyes when everyone else has two eyes is it like her character design like the ponytail and everything it's probably the design it just or are we well. just so accustomed to it like, it's, it's probably a bit of both actually because it's weird when i look at leela i rarely ever notice i'm rarely ever put off by the fact that she's a cyclops even when you see her in profile the side of her face I'll just I'll I'll just think wow she has two eyes for some reason yeah I know big. that's that's the thing yeah. with me too like I realized that also yeah it's almost like she ha has two eyes but for some reason your brain's playing tricks on you oh yeah I don't really pay much attention to it which I, I don't know if that's based on her character design I always love the uh, the montage to Roy Orbison like when she's like strutting her stuff because she's all happy she has two eyes now yeah 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 that was a good episode <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about it, David or is that about it. Uh, no, I think it's about it. Okay, uh, Cody, what's your next episode? I was gonna choose the episode, uh, Paradise Lost, 
Oh, wow. Where uh, Fry, Fry gets worms from eating that sandwich. Like, it's a good episode. It's fun. That's one of the best episodes. It is one of the best. Abandoned ship! Abandoned ship! But there's one episode that's not only better, but it's probably the, my top three favorite episodes of the whole show. Luck of the Fryish? Yes. Oh, luck of yeah. the, the Luck of the Fryish is a fucking Holy excellent episode. Shit. So what this is about is that uh, Fry finds out that his brother... What's his name again? I'm so sorry. Uh, Yancey. 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 Um, he supposedly stole his identity and stole his uh, seven, uh, seven, his seven leaf clover. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to go through the plot so much. I don't want to like ruin it for anybody who's listening. But mm-hmm. there's a great surprise at the end where you find out that like th- that his brother was essentially honoring Fry a little bit more than he thought. Yeah. And it's very touching and. The Breakfast Club and this has a very good use of "Don't You Forget About Me." Great needle drop. A That's great, a great needle drop of that. Almost song. makes me rethink the song now. Now every time I hear that song, I think of Futurama instead of Breakfast it's Club. It's funny. I think of both actually. They oh, work yeah, so well. Natu- naturally, yeah, yeah. You do think of both, but now I think of Futurama more. Oh, of it's, it, the, I think I'll I'll bring this up more when I talk about my favorite from season five. But like, I love the structure of this episode because it plays so well with time of just the uses of flashback at, at the exact same point you I, get pieces of the information here from the past you go back to the present and then you go back to the past at like the right point yeah i'm i'm all about that i'm all about structure and how you tell your story it's well there's a certain movie we're gonna talk about later that deals with that as well yes and uh my <laughs> season 10 pick also deals a lot with fry's family and i i'll, yep. I'll drop my notes on his family uh when i get to that point but so, it's the first dose into flashbacking to his life prior towards yeah that's where we we, yeah. we get more of a sense of his family life exactly yeah, and how yeah. rough it was uh no, it's it's ex- i think it's one of my top three favorite episodes but we'll get yeah. to my favorite one eventually <laughs> <laughs> all right so my next pick it's kind of a given it's uh we're in season four right uh yes yeah, season four yeah. season four uh i have picked where no fan has gone before. Yeah. Uh, it's the Star yeah, Trek episode. Yeah, the episode they, where I, I was the so... Star Trek is discontinued and it's illegal to even talk about it. Because right? it became a cult, yeah. <laughs> it became a cult. <laughs> I am so surprised that they all supplied their voices for this episode. Well, except for Scotty. He didn't show up. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah, he was the only one. Okay. Well, wait, so what, why was it illegal to talk about Star Trek? Because it got weird. Like, it became even more than just a fandom. It became like this massive religion that got overzealous and i don't know if the government just got annoyed or something weird happened and they just took all the stuff that pertained to star trek and shot it into space jeez uh, i think that I the w- simpsons wonder, predicts wonder, the future you know, i wonder i wonder if it was the same thing for star wars that's what i was gonna say i think i think you know people say that simpsons predicts the future i think futurama predicted this very well when it came to star wars because now people are star, just, yeah star wars it, is a cult now. they take it way too seriously now yeah. oh my god well it's only a matter of time before we all shoot that into space <laughs> good luck fitting all those action figures into a module guys <laughs> or, or try or your or best shoot wait uh, shoot into space or just shoot into a galaxy far far away oh you motherfucker <laughs> what, what I, like that, <laughs> I like that i like that fry is literally just a straight-up fanboy well yeah because he was around that time so yeah. he didn't know what star trek was before it got weird and i just love uh i love all the digs with all the people like I love how the lady who plays her is just like, yeah, and I'm regarded as a hero. I mean, I had to kiss Shatner, and Shatner's like, hmm. 
And, wait, uh, wait, wait. So was it all? Was it all the original cast members? Yeah, voices? yeah, mo- mostly all of them. I think the only one that didn't return was uh, Scotty, and they replaced because him with di- because he died years yeah. ago, right? Uh, did yeah. he? Did he die before the episode came out? Oh, I'm not sure. Ooh, I don't I, know. I, I, he died like I think it was in the '90s or something like that. Oh, right? oh. Yeah. Hang on. they replaced him with some guy called Welshy who also got killed off mm. <laughs> pretty early on. Oh, that makes me sad now. Oh, but I, can, I, I can quote something. My favorite part in the episode when uh, Leonard Nimoy was like, "Fry, you need to understand something." Oh but, no, no. Oh, okay, he died. Yeah. He died in 2005. So yeah. Oh. Okay. Maybe he just wasn't available. Yeah, he was either unavailable, maybe he had health problems. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah. And I love... Oh, every scene with, like, um, Leonard Nimoy and, um... Uh, blah, 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 oh, God. Why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, William, William Shatner? William Shatner. Thank you. God, what is wrong with me? Every scene with them, because they were, like, best friends, like, for most of their lives, like, and they always, like, respected each other. And all their scenes together were just so fun to watch. That, that's yeah, but you know, the weird, weird thing is, uh... William didn't attend Leonard's funeral, actually. The other cast members did, but William didn't. Yeah, I heard about that controversy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he didn't. I can't believe, you know, I can't believe he's, he's 90 years old, and he looks great. He's like, 90? Oh, wait. Are there 80 I or 90? I don't think he's 90. Well, speaking of that, those two, I was about to say my favorite line from the episode was when yeah. Leonard Nimoy was like to Yeah, fly. yeah, he's, William Shepard is 90 years old, and he looks, he really doesn't look 90. Oh my god, I didn't know he was that old. Holy yeah. crap. Leonard Nimoy was like to Fry, Fry, you need to understand something. When I was directing The Voyage Home, I just respected Shatner as an actor and let him do his thing. And then Shatner's like, yes, yeah, so when I directed The Final Frontier, I respected myself as an actor and let me do my own thing. <laughs> I'm like, yay! I love them doing being so self-aware of the movies, like of the mm. kind of ego that uh, Final the Frontier had. The show, yeah. hey, it's yeah. like, hey, it's like, you know, like with like what William said, like that was that was a joke. But like what Leonard was, what Leonard's saying, it kind of represents like Spock's dying words: "The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one." <laughs> no, I love it. I, I, I saw Star Trek. I just know that scene because, like, well, after after he died, uh, I watched the scene the Star Trek where Spock died. Yeah. Wait, he dies? No, I'm joking. I know. Oh, what? <laughs> I love how Fry comes up to him when Leonard Nimoy is just ahead in a jar. He's like, oh, hey, Leonard Nimoy. Hey, do the, do the thing. thing. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and they why feed him why not, pray tell? <laughs> so anytime Leonard Nimoy, he, jo- he cameos in Futurama and The Simpsons. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's, and it's gold. It's yeah, gold and he... it's memorable. <laughs> I like it. Unless. Even, uh, even Big Bang Theory, he voiced. Well, he didn't actually make a physical appearance, but like, he, vo- he voiced uh, this action figure that Sheldon had. Ah, that's great and i love how the whole plot predicates on them after all the star trek shit landed on some planet there's like this gaseous creature who absorbed everything star trek and he has all of the people now from the original cast mostly all of them and he's just like oh great now i can make my own fan fiction (laughs) and he possessively like makes them do all of his bidding and they're all immortal but then like he has a mother and it's almost like he's some guy who lives in his basement (laughs) And he's just some yeah. giant nerd. I love it. It's great. But um, oh, I also he looks like he looks like that uh, radioactive fart from uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, Moon Man. Bye, Moon Man. Oh man, Cody, you're just pinching for a Rick and Morty episode now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, I watch Futurama, and I'm like, 
Ah, now I see where they got their inspiration from. Mm-hmm. And my favorite gag is like when they're about to leave and they have to combine the engines and the life support system. It's like, oh man, we have too much weight. You guys are gonna have to lose some. And they just drop all their bodies. All the bodies, yeah. Because they, they all have bodies now. They're not just heads, but now they're back in jars. Wah, wah. But anyways, uh, we, we've been on to this episode long enough. So, uh, David, what's your next pick? Yeah, so my episode for season four is uh, Lila's Homeworld. Now, that is something Ooh, that's a yes. very important part of the whole series. That's like, a good one. I like this For one. a long time, for her whole life, Lila thought she was some sort of alien cyclops from another world. Well, in this episode, she finds out that she's actually from somewhere else. It all starts when uh, when Avenger starts uh, disposing of all this toxic waste in the sewers. <laughs> like the sewer you do. Get, the, sewer mu- the sewer mutants get angry and they start and they <laughs> they abduct Avenger, uh, Leela, and Fry. And uh, that's when uh, these these two mutants discover that Leela was in trouble. So they wait, guys. You think I should mention all this or not spoil it? Because like Cody didn't mention the. The part I mean, of the we don't so. have to get into all the, the semantics. If you just want to say, like, what do you like most about the episode? Okay, I just liked how, yeah, Leela found out who she really was. And, yeah, for anyone who sees this, like, if they don't, they don't want to know what happens, then, like, you can find it for yourselves. But, like, yeah, Leela finds out where she's really from. And, uh, you think I should, should I just say it, you think? Yeah, I want you. Yeah, uh, spoilers. It, it's, been, it's been long enough. Spoilers. <laughs> Come yeah, on. I'll get one. But yeah, like Le- oh. it's called Lilo's Homeworld because she finds out who she really is and like her, she finds her real family. So yeah, that's one thing I like though because after that things are never the same. She finds out about her family. It has a very sweet ending that kind of makes me tear up a little bit. Yeah, like the song the and everything. Song like it's and a every- very- they've always they've always been around her, helping her out and guiding her and mm-hmm. giving. Her parents gifts. have always been there for her. Yeah, that's sweet. For some reason, I, when you said this episode, I thought you were talking about the episode where she goes to that planet and finds that guy who's also Lilo. Oh, God, no, really no. Cool. Not, <laughs> they, was... do a, they do a oh, good dig God. on Peg Bundy where she dresses up just like her. And it's like, ah. ah. And he's also a slob. Yeah, like yeah, she's, Bundy. she's dressed as, as Katie Stoggle's character from... from Married with children, children, yeah. <laughs> Peg. Oh, no, I'll, Peg. I'm sorry. If you're able to transform into any any alien, why don't you transform into one, per, one thing that counts? <laughs> nice yeah well, I'm, I'm glad you picked that episode that was a very good one yeah uh would you say that's the best leela episode i would think so i think so yeah, yeah. i think so hmm. i know you had a different one but oh yeah i picked the sting it's the sting is still where, a good where one fry gets the killed bee, the bee yeah. and uh leela kind of <laughs> almost like has a really big uh crisis of inter- in, uh, internal crisis but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Cody, what's your next pick? Uh, season four. Uh, it was Roswell that ends well. Oh, God, <laughs> this one makes me cringe. Uh, it's a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, a back-in-time episode. What? Well, it will definitely not be the first one, because anytime there's time travel... Don't you mean it won't be the last? <laughs> I do like the part where the actually... I'm tired! Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! I'm tired. Time travel does that. Yes, they traveled back to Roswell, New Mexico, in nineteen the late nineteen forties during the whole government yeah, paranoia, alien aliens, craze, all that. Yeah. They mistaken Zoidberg as the alien, which I think is already a great little setup. But Farnsworth obviously tells Fry to not change anything. He runs into his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not who. That's not all he runs into. He runs into his grandmother, and let's just say. Uh, the, the causal, how do you say it? The causality loop? 
causality loop. The causality loop, everything remained the same after he accidentally killed his grandfather because, um... Let's just say he, he, he's uh, his own grandpa. He's his own grandpa. He, it seems funny, I know, but it really oh, wait, is what? so. What? Oh, he's, he's his own he's grandfather. His own... Wait, so the guy you saw was his grandfather, that was actually him? No, so he actually... Oh my god. So, no. So, Fry accidentally got his grandfather killed, and then he fell in love with a woman and slept with her and impregnated her, but turned out to be his own grandmother. So that's how he came into existence. Oh my god. Yeah, oh my... I know. That's why I'm like reeling back here. Wait, wait, did you see oh this episode? Oh my god. Did, did you, you ever see this you episode? You saw this episode? I saw parts of it. I didn't see okay. the whole thing. I okay, okay. I but do, Dave... I do remember the part at the end of the episode where they leave Bender Pond in the past, but then they find... They remember his head was like in the desert somewhere. Like, Bender, how was how was it being buried for 70 years? It, being buried for like seven, like. Like a thousand years. It was fine until you guys showed up. <laughs> it was fine until you all showed two, up. Two things. I love how, despite how gross the concept of Fry doing his own, his own grandma is, I love how it actually pays off later because because he's kind of like a a, a, a a lapse in logic and time. His brain is actually immune to those giant uh, brain creatures or whatever they are. And he's actually, like, immune to psychic attacks or whatever. Like, psych... I don't know. I sound like... Yeah, I'm talking that, about that's that. crazy. Like, I've, I've seen... I've seen twin siblings make out with each other. I saw Stewie go back in time and kiss his own mother as a baby. But that is just crazy. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> gross. But, um... Uh, the best part... Hey, my favorite you know, part of the episode. At least, you know, at least, at least the twins didn't know that they're related, so that's fine. Okay. What, what are you talking about? Luke and, Luke and Leia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But my favorite part of the episode is at the end when Farnsworth just says, fuck it, and just flies the ship through the landing (laughs) and blows everything up. It's like, so, uh, Professor, what about all the time paradoxes? Who gives a damn? (laughs) (laughs) That was a great episode. Good choice. Good choice. This is a good one. Oh, and shout out to Josh. I remember one time he mentioned that his favorite episode was uh, Alila of Her Own. Yeah, the baseball the one. The baseball yeah. one, yeah. Which yeah. was, it was not Wait, bad. I remember, I remember you. Bad. You're the scumbag who owns the Ultimate Robot Fighting League. Not anymore. Now I'm the scumbag who owns the Ultimate Blurns Ball League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so now... Season five. Oh boy! Season oh my five. lord! I got I got two episodes. Like we can decide which one I'm gonna do. Oh, I, I had a hard time picking one too. I was stuck between two myself. So I was stuck between. Season five has the best ones, doesn't it? It is. I would say it is the best season. I, I love season four and five equally. Mm, just like The Simpsons, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, no, season seasons four and six of The Simpsons are my favorite, but oh. five five is like runner up. Okay, okay, okay. But I was stuck between Spanish Fry, which is the episode where uh, Fry gets abducted by aliens and they steal his nose. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that. And I, 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 the reason why I love that episode so much is because it was the first episode I actually decided, yes, this is my favorite episode of the Futurama, because I watched it on TV once, and I just died laughing the entire oh, time. Yes. But you know me and how much I love hyperlink cinema and storylines that interweave with each other throughout oh, an entire narrative. Yeah. So I have no choice but to choose 300 Big Boys from season oh, five. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Oh yeah, my god. So basically what happens is Zap Brannigan successfully uh, takes over a planet filled with valuable sick silks made by alien spiders or whatever. And it's all worth a trillion dollars or something. So President Nixon 
decides to give everyone a tax rebate of about three hundred dollars. Yep, I remember. He that gives part. every every citizen of the world three hundred dollars. Citizens of uh, all Earthikins get three hundred dollars. Wasn't that like a party knock yourselves out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh my god, I can't really get into every single plot detail. Basically, every single character does something with the money. And Fry, Fry buys 100 Fry cups of coffee. Fry buys 100 cups of coffee. <laughs> it's hilarious. He turns go, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh come boy, on. you seem a little tense, and you're all that. greasy. Yeah, I remember that It's one. just good coffee, coffee sounds good. The problem is, Amy and Kith um, got, like, a flying uh, bicycle just to spend it, you know, have a nice date. And Lila, uh, Amy spent hers on some tattoo that mocks Kith the entire time. And Kith also bought her watch. The watch falls into the whale, so Lila uses the opportunity to get into the whale. They feed him... With a, with a, bunch, of, with a, with a bunch of rotten fish. They feed him a bunch of rotten fish that they stole. And, um, speaking of stealing, Bender wants to steal a, a, a really expensive cigar... And he does. And uh, and then Zoidberg... Okay, I'll talk about Zoidberg in the end. But then um, Hermes buys stilts Bobble, for his little Bobble boy. He's like, oh, well, if you're not going to have fun, I'm going to have fun. Oh, oh, help I me! Three, I spent 300 bananas on these things. Now you put them on you have fun. I don't, I don't want them. Want them. Right, I'm going to put them on and you can watch me have fun. See? See? Fun, fun, Satisfaction spending his money 
feeding the homeless people next to the art museum that rejected them. Which might have been, like, the best thing I ever could have seen Bender do. Not, no, Zoyberg do. I don't know. Zoyberg's a really heartfelt character. Like, he actually considers a lot of things, and he's, he's very... He, he rarely does anything wrong. So much so that... Uh, and, and, no, and no one likes him. For, everyone hates him. For everyone it. hates him, but it's weird. Mom... And both Mom and Robot Santa equally respect him. He's the only one that Robot Santa has ever given an actual gift to. I don't know if you remember that. That was in one of the later episodes. Anyways, so I think it's so nice that because Zoidberg was unsatisfied with the rich lifestyle, that he actually got to like help uh, the homeless, and that gave him all the satisfaction he ever needed. And he got to feed his friends. Oh, and Bender got beat up by the cops for robbing the cigar. Eh, my story kind of petered out. I think I was supposed to learn something. Like, ah, there's the scumbag who stole a cigar. Let's kick his ass. Hey, closure! I'm sorry I kind of gave away most of the episode, but there's just so many things I had to talk about that I, just drives me nuts. I just love stories. Essentially, this is like the Simpsons equivalent, the Futurama equivalent of... The 21... episode, right? No, no, the 21 short films about Springfield, which is also my favorite Simpsons episode. So it's the funny episode that this the episode one... The that, does that whole episode reference Pulp Fiction or just that one scene with the um, kind of It references Pulp Fiction. It actually has more to do narratively with the films, the 90s film Slacker. Just how like storylines will start, stop, and then continue on to another storyline, usually yeah, with I some pull, transition I, in between. There's a, post, there's a poster behind, your, behind you, actually. That. Yeah, I have a Pulp Fiction poster. I, uh, yes, one of my, that, that movie that is, like is about, one of our uh, favorite movies, yes. Yeah, because that movie is like a bunch of... Uh, bunch of different people like of different stories right the stories intertwining yes i'm a huge fan of movies that do that and i also love when episodes do that too so that's why this one's my favorite in a long sea of episodes in season five that are yeah. so good that I, I i picked this episode i'm sorry i'm talking so much david what is your season five pick let's keep going please <laughs> i'm gonna blow yeah. up i've had too much two coffee <laughs> what, what, what is your season episodes uh okay one is uh, the Farnsworth Paradox, and the other one is Teenage Mutant Leela Hurwitz. Oh, I love that episode. I, Teenage Mutant, uh, that's a good one. I love that episode. Leela, Leela Hurdles, that Le one? Yeah, yeah let's Leela, talk about yeah. do that one. Do that one. Yeah, yeah. Some teenagers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, so yeah, the crew gets fed up with the professor's uh, professor's ways because he's like he's get he's getting really old. So they try to take him to, to some spa to make him younger, and it works. But they get affected by it too. And they all become teenagers. So, uh, so uh, it's really funny because they all start to act like teenagers because they are teenagers. And um, Leela sees that as an opportunity because uh, she gets she gets to spend time with her parents. And now she's a teenager, and she found her. She she knows who her family is. She gets to go live with them. So she goes to them, and uh, yeah, the rest of them just enjoy their young lives. But then uh, the professor finds a way to the best of their adult selves but Leela decides not to because because uh she because well, she wants to stay she wants to live she wants to live our days with her parents like uh mm. like because she, she never got to before but uh yeah so but the problem is like when the professor puts in the machine to try and make them older they actually he actually makes them younger and they get younger by the minute yeah yeah and, yeah it's like benjamin buttons yeah no that's a great episode isn't it weird, though? Because in my last episode that I just talked about, the professor covered himself in stem cells to look younger. Couldn't he just theoretically use that tar again if he wants to be young? 
Oh wait, no, he, he likes, just he likes being old. He likes being old. That's right. That was the moral of the story. <laughs> just yeah. let me be old. Oh, and he also has a pet gargoyle named Professor, you're only going thirty-five miles per hour. I'm taking my time. Bazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so? It's so funny hearing him say that Mike, word. Uh, driving goggles, driving thong. Uh, maybe I should try. You, a woman? I'm trying to catch a monster, not find the quickest route to a mall. Yeah. My God, he's gonna do it! Everybody, seatbelts to maximum buckling. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I also like when uh, when they're when they become children and the professor goes to pick them up because he he finds out that there's something called the fountain of aging, mm-hmm. so he takes them that. I love how Fry goes, Yay, Professor's back! Ew, you smell like smoky and drinky! I had a few beers, I'm cool to drive. I'm cool. <laughs> no, that's a great episode. I love how they resolve it at the end when they all have to go back in the. Uh... The one part that went a little bit far is when they all end up as fetuses because they mm. took too long. Oh, yeah. Like, and there's no urgency. They're just like, hurry, put it in the pool. It won't be birth. It will be death. <laughs> It'll be dead pre-birth. We'll all, we'll, all, we'll all keep getting younger and younger until we suffer our fate worse than death. Pre-life. Pre-life. Then <laughs> <And> death. <laughs> the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is why does Bender age like backwards? He's not well, a living organism. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect Bender's DNA. It affects his... R-N-A. Whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that I, I, yeah, that is kind of weird. But I guess whatever that tar was that affected them, it can also affect Shouldn't gender it be and... R-N-D? Research and development? Huh? Mm. Not D, not R-D-A, uh, whatever. Uh, anyways, <laughs> okay, yeah. That was a great episode, David. Good choice. I'm glad someone picked that one. What's your pick, Cody? Uh... <laughs> The one that none of your episodes don't even hold a candle up against. This is like the Citizen Kane of the show. Jurassic Bark. Oh, you guys are going to no. tell me that anything is better than Jurassic Bark? This is the best episode of the whole fucking show. I cannot deny. I'm a normie when I say that. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, you look up any list anywhere on, on the internet, they say that this episode's the best. Veronica actually said... Before I started watching the show, she actually seen quite a bits of the show, and she said, "All I remember is this one episode where it involves a dog, and it's really sad." I'm like, "Okay." I think that's why I didn't pick <laughs> it because I know it's an excellent episode, but so hits you so hard. Yeah. Has, so it has, has such a sad ending too. So like, bit, yeah. So I still, bit, I still can't remember. Like, um, okay, like in the episode, like, uh, Rob wanted to reanimate. And make Seymour, but why did he change his mind? Because he died when he was like fifteen or something. Well, no, well, no because what, what Bender happens... almost destroyed him. Right, yeah, because what happens is that Fry finds like the petrified remains of Seymour, his dog that he had back in nineteen ninety nine, and Professor Farnsworth has like the technology to clone him and bring him back. But in the midst of all that, you in this episode, you see like the best and worst of Bender. Because on a dime, you hate him because he's so jealous. The fact that the Fry's fixation on Seymour is like kind of stealing his thunder. That yeah. that Bender takes Seymour and throws him in, into magma, and you instantly hate him. My initial literally reaction was a giant gasp, like a <gasps> yeah. when I first saw this. I'm like, "Fuck you, Bender!" But then on a dime, he feels so bad about it. He actually goes in there and like rescues him. Yeah, and they're able to get him out. Destroys himself in the process. Yeah, yep. and again. So, like, just, what? 
So like, why does Fry change his mind about the whole thing in the because end? Because they find out they find out that Seymour lived until he was about fifteen, which is like dog that's, years, hundred years to dog years. That's so he's a pretty good year. For he's like, dog. you know what? If Seymour lived to be that age, why should I bring him back? He probably lived a great life. And like a fucking punch in the gut, we see. Uh, well, the whole the whole show we are cutting back. It's like this is why I, I like this structure is we go back and forth again. Yeah, kind of like the kind of like the luck of Fryerish. Um, he was. Because that, uh, those 15 years, he was waiting for Fry to come back. That's all he did. Yeah, we're, we see, like, the buildup of, like, their love, their chemistry. And, like, we're just seeing Seymour at the end waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting outside the pizzeria for Fry. And he's not coming back. Oh, so sad. Like, it's Fry should have brought him back, you know? Honestly, the first time I saw it, I think my jaw hit the floor. And then Veronica was just kind of, like, shake, like nodding her head, like, yep. I'm like... Holy fuck. Like, I was, like, shocked from how amazing the writing was in this episode. It's almost too good. I can't, I can't believe the writers made like that. Like, Fry should have brought him back, you know? But like, the... He thought... Well, you do see Seymour a little bit throughout the show, like, in little, like, you know, kind of side things. Like, in Bender's Big Score, we see just oh. a little, little, little thing of him. Yeah. <laughs> a little thing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's that's a joke, though. Oh, he shows up in one of my episodes, too. But the second time I watched the episode, I actually was getting a bit, like... Okay, this is kind of this is this kind of hit me a bit. This is sad. Mm. This is it's really hard. Yeah, no, no it's I I love when they play with time and emotion in Futurama. That's that to me is the show, and that's the 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 ninchpin, hmm. the top L- linchpin, the linchpin. You said ninchpin. I've said it before. I am tired. <laughs> hey, hey, let's keep going. But no, like, oh, I'm glad you Just covered. Put these texts on the screen and be like, Cody, Cody words of the night. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, but no, I'm glad you. Um, I'm glad someone covered that episode because it's. I would agree. Yes, it is the best episode of Futurama. And then the show was quote unquote canceled. Yes, Fox dropped Futurama. Thirtieth Century Fox. Oh man, <laughs> a ne- Fox dropped a, po- a a science fiction show that had so much more to offer. What does that remind me of? You can't take the sky from me. What show is that? Firefly. Oh right. Okay, so we're not we're not talking about the new episodes. We're just. Yeah, so uh, are, we, are we moving on to Bender's big score? Yeah, so a little context. Um, eventually, Comedy Central picked up Futurama. A you... uh, little backtrack before there. But... The reruns of seasons one to five uh, were actually on an Adult Swim. Yeah, Adult Swim. Which, and also DVD popularity, just sort of grew this cult following and actually, like, popular demand to bring back the show. So Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah Comedy Central eventually picked up Futurama. Kind of like what happened to Family Guy, actually. Exactly. Very, very yep. analogous, actually. And um, ordered the writers to create four direct-to-DVD feature-length films. Which all Futurama. got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I think... <laughs> but it started uh, great, but started great. Yes. <laughs> so, there was Bender's Big Score, The Beast of a Billion Backs, I believe. Yes, Beast of the Billion Backs. Bender's uh, Game and the, the Wild Green Yonder. Which was the worst one in my oh, opinion. I, God, that I was, hated that yeah, one. Yeah, no, they all got worse and worse. I didn't mind Bender's Game that much, but it was it doesn't hold a candle, and I'm glad we all unanimously decided to pick Bender's Big Score <laughs> as the as It the is. Show. This should have been the movie. Like, the you know, the Futurama movie. Like, the one that shows in theaters. It's you know? the one like, I can tell they put the most thought into. It, we get to full 
HD format, and the animation looks crisp, mm -hmm. and there's a big epic the, story. The story, the missions, and the little tattoo that says... Zero zero What's the what's the meaning of time doing on Fry's ass? Well, it's bound to be somewhere. <laughs> they had to put it somewhere, I guess. I love the opening that just shows like it's almost like Serenity in Firefly, where it just the opening just showcases every single character in a perfect roll call. Cerveza, por favor. David, David, do you want to know the exact text that I sent Lyle after I saw this movie? What? Fry was Lars? Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was literally, I remember that. I, I was, was literally work. mind blown. Like, I was actually like, no, no, no. How did I miss this? And then I rewatched it. It's, it's and so it's much amazing. more obvious. It's amazing how many setups and how much obviousness. It's like right on the tip of your... Nose. I was about to say tongue. <laughs> I know, and it's funny. Originally, like Billy West uh, was worried that if he voiced Lars, it would be too obvious. But he Even the uh, design of him, it, like it's. I can't believe it's that. right. In but front I thought, of us. but I thought like the whole point was that Lars represents the man that like La uh, that Fry wishes he was to impress Leela. It's mm -hmm. Sort of like the better fry but you don't yeah. you don't you wouldn't expect for a second that it's actually fry yeah, yeah, yeah. let's not get into the plot because it's, it's a little so too dense fucking much. it's dense it's dense to its time travel but it does make sense in the end mm -hmm. absolutely i love the scammer monsters <laughs> like the little guys then <laughs> they're just like nice try doo-doo heads We're... I, can't, I can't believe three new so aliens managed to conquer the entire world by just like yeah, I guess a thousand years of having computers just made people so illiterate to computer viruses and scams. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of the joke. It's like a mockery of people who actually fall for that crap. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I feel bad. I feel like we could get into it more, but you're right. We can't break down this plot. I had trouble breaking down a single episode, so, like, this is, like, and to four me, episodes. To me, this is sort of where I lay it to rest, where it's, like, this was the beginning of, like, me not enjoying the show as much. I, yeah, much like The Simpsons, how there's a very clear decline in quality, like, uh... Or Family like, Guy. Yeah, yeah like, and Family yeah, Guy, that's yeah. it. Like, every show kind of outstays its welcome. At least this was only two... two seasons? Maybe? Roughly, yeah. The only thing I liked about the new episodes is that Brian and Leela finally got together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the Comedy Central era is kind of pales in comparison to the fox era of the show that's not to say there's no good episodes but it, it, it kind of gets a little samey after to be honest with you i mean we'll save we'll save my last last one for last because it's obviously a good one to leave off on mm -hmm. but there was one episode that is so good that i'm surprised that it wasn't in i guess the fox era the, the, of the show the, the, is the late the, la the late uh the late uh what is it the late the late philip j fry the late philip j fry did you see this episode david which season was this? Uh, is, is seven? Well, didn't you I pick think it? it was seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is seven. Yeah. So okay. I guess seven part one, I guess. So yeah, because there's like part... Wait, no, no. Wait, is it set part one? Which ep what episode? Is it the late Philip J. Fry. The late Philip J. Fry. That's the one where... um. Oh my god, what's the plot of that again? <laughs> um, are, are oh, is the one where like... Uh, yeah, he's late for days of Lila, but then... He and the professor travel through time, like in the future, and then the more distant future. 
Yes. Yes. And Leela Leela leaves like that note for him in the cave with the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That 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 to me is a great one. Okay, I'll just quickly say this. Um, there's not there's not that much episodes that I liked. Okay, like in season eight, there's like fucking that the the likewise time episode, Clockwork Bender or something. Yeah, where like the. Bender gets like a better uh, hard drive or something, and then no, he like, becomes he, a god. Yeah, he becomes a god. I'm like, okay, amusing, cool. <laughs> but then season nine, I I could barely watch it, and I can barely remember it. It was so mediocre. Yeah, it wasn't a great season. It was it was definitely the worst season of the show, and the only one that I could say like, well, it's at least the more tolerable one was the one where Zap Brannigan and Leela's mom hook up. Cody... And even that's that's a bad premise, but why? I had to say... I, that is my least favorite episode of the entire series. I don't even know! I, and it's your favorite of season nine. Because I didn't care about any of the oh other ones. Oh my god. The fucking season ends off with them doing like a nature animal planet fucking thing. Yeah. Like, they sold out of ideas. I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the Simpsons meh. Era, yeah, the marathon continues. The marathon. I guess oh since you've talked God. about, like, I, I guess since you've talked about your other episodes, you T- take it away. Like, like save me for last for the last ep- episode. Uh, okay, yeah. David, Just do you want to take it away? Take it away. Do you want to take over like the next couple seasons, like just from seasons seven to nine? Do you have any? Well, highlight- how many highlights? Like any? One of the things about season seven is that there were there was not so where. You know, because, like, for years, like, all the sewer mutants weren't allowed to, be come, to come to the surface because, well, because they're ugly. Like, they don't want to <laughs> They're ugly and they smell like and they eat cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, like, there was an episode in season seven called The Mutants Are Revolting where, uh... I remember that one. They rebel and, like, they demand their freedom and they got their freedom. So they were allowed to come to the surface anytime they wanted. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah, that was good. What about season eight? Like, what was yours... Uh, We're just gonna power through these because yeah, I don't have too much to say about these yeah, seasons either. Well, the episode was like Ghosts in the Machines, where Bender actually like he dies and he his robot ghost is like trying to haunt Fry. Oh so, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, Robot Devil. Oh yeah, we forgot about the Robot Devil. The only uh, cast member to return, well, except for Tress McNeil, Dan Castellaneta as the Robot Devil. It's like your play is really on the nose. People you just. Can- People just describe how they feel, and that makes me sad. That makes me angry! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was a good one. Uh, what about season nine? Okay, uh, I like the, the $6 million Mun, where he's <laughs> upgrading himself, and, like, he gets all these, like, improvements to improve himself, and, like, he eventually just becomes, like, a whole... Uh, he just becomes, like, a complete robot, except for his brain. But then, uh... Yeah, then Zoidberg uh, tries to take out his brain, and he does a Monster Mash song. And like, Zoidberg, I don't get it. Why do you want to help hurt me so bad? And what's the catchy beat? I'll tell you two, three. I was lonesome for my friend a minute ago when a happy thought dispelled my wall. And I thought perhaps he'd be a bit less dull. If I say so, his cyborg skull, he was a brain. How do you remember all this? Let's see if he feels pain. Oh I'm my god. It might drive him insane. <laughs> I'm a new brain. It was a robot's brain. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Wah, wah. That's enough. 
Very good, okay. David. I'm impressed. It's funny that you said, like, my least favorite episode of the whole show is the one where uh, Bender is a folk singer. Uh, is that, there's two episodes of that. Is that the one with Beck or the, the Lead Belly one? The Lead Belly. That's a bad episode. Yeah. No, no. That, that, you can't even put those two together. No. One's amazing. The other one's a piece of shit. Yeah, no, And also, speaking and... of that episode and speaking of songs, my broken friend slaps like hell. Huh. Uh, I, I don't know the words like David knows his, but d- d- just trust me, okay? Well, what are some And now don't bother asking me about season 10 because I don't remember. We're, we're going to get to season 10 after I go through my roll call. So, I, season 7, I picked Prisoners of Benda. It's just a typical, like, body switch episode, but I think it's funny because, like, Leela switches with Amy, and Amy gets Leela really, really fat, and then Fry and Leela have, like, this big, oh, you only like me because of my looks. And they just, it gets to the point where they both have Professor Hubert and, and Zoidberg's body, and they have sex, <laughs> which is disgusting, but I love, I love Zoidberg as far as like, oh, look at me, I got the heat machine, oh no, the, the water machine, oh no, uh, don't worry, I can use the heat machine to dry the water up. Kind of reminds, reminds you of the episode uh, where Bender and Amy get together, or as we call it, robo-sexuality. Let's go already! That's where that catchphrase came in. Mm-hmm. That, that gave me, that died me. Uh, that, that killed me. That died me. Oh my god. Hey, uh, there we go. Someone's tired now. Okay, <laughs> okay, I keep going. And then we have, speaking of Zoidberg, we have another episode called The Tip of the Zoidberg, which is all about, kind of just explains why the professor keeps Zoidberg around. It was like a, a covert mission they did for mom a long time ago, where uh, they had to get like some pheromone off of a yeti. But then uh, the professor got hit by the Yeti, and then his, he potentially will get a disease, and Zoeberg will have to put him out of his misery if he does. That was actually a pretty great episode. Kind of shows some context. Um, and then uh, the next episode, uh, season nine was horrible, but this was the one episode where it's like, oh, hey, it's a nice science fiction, you know, rigmarole. Some, some actor who wears a paper bag over his head um, is actually an alien that feeds off of ego and vanity, so he becomes a celebrity to feed off of his audience. And I thought, this is a really clever idea. It's not an amazing episode, but at least it's different, and it actually, I was amused by it. And that brings us to season 10, ladies and gentlemen. The final season. Well, uh, according to Disney+. Plus. Um, I, I guess I can start, and then we'll go with David, and then we'll end off on you, because you are talking about the finale, right? Yeah, and as much as I was harsh on it, the very last few episodes, there's some where I'm like, hey, that wasn't too bad. Well, because it has closure now, they have the to mur- wrap it up. The murder on the Planted Express was pretty fun, like, that's just a bonkers, crazy whodunit. Yeah, and stench <laughs> and stenchability, it's nice to see Zoidberg yep. fall in love. Uh, David, how about you start this season off? What, what, what was your pick for season 10? Uh... One that I don't think I've actually seen, like, I don't know, I guess the only episode I can actually remember is the last episode, which is Cody's one, so we'll just let him do it. Okay, well, I'll talk about my episode, because I picked something else. Um, I, Cody actually turned me on to this episode, because I was originally going to go with Stench and Stenchability, but then he brought up another episode that I actually forgot, and it was actually super good. It's much like uh, Luck of the Fryrish. It's a uh, Game of Tones. So basically, there's a giant alien ship that's going towards Earth, creating, emanating this evil sound, like, and every time it's, it, kinda, it's doing the close encounters of the third. Yeah, time but the problem is, is that every time it makes that sound, every two weeks, it breaks the Earth apart, and they're in dire. It's a dire threat, 
And it's like, the ship will be coming at us in two weeks. And Bear's like, that's a slow-ass ship. So, um, Fry is the only one on Earth who actually has any cognitive uh, memory of this sound. So, they use, it's kind of a parody of Inception, I guess, where they go into his mind, and he has to try to remember, the, you know, like, the day where he got frozen, he has to remember exactly what time he heard that tone and what exactly its origin is. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound. Yes. <laughs> Enough. It's the sound that the... Uh, Cody pulled up a sound clip of what the UFO makes. And um, basically the episode is kind of just a nice wrap-up of how Fry, how much Fry really misses his family. That kind of brings up a point I wanted to make. Um, as much as I love Fry as like a humorous character, at the end of the day, he's sort of a tragic figure. He's, been, he's a man who's lost in time. He doesn't have many roots elsewhere in the year 3000. And while he is certainly happier in this timeline than he was before, there's a lot of things he simply just can't get back, such as his family or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Seymour or his old job or anything. He just, everything's basically gone. Even the stuff he loved from the 90s is essentially something he can't really replicate. So this episode really brings that along home when he really just wants to spend the like he just wants to sit in his memories and because it's the only time it's the closest time i'll ever have with his family as of now but unfortunately there's some there's like a earthly crisis on the way so he has to do something about it and uh it turns out the or the whole point of the sound was uh it was all nibbler's fault because he and his accomplice after they trapped fry in the uh the the cryogenic chamber they got drunk lost the company car that they used they take a cat back, and his partner, his chauffeur, chauffeur, not concierge, uh, his chauffeur is uh, emitting this sound because I guess it's a tracking beacon for the damn ship. And I hate that. I don't really like the last few minutes with Nibbler because it's just like, so you mean to tell me you've been using this sound and you've been willingly destroying planets just to find some car? I mean, god damn it. I hate you little things. But they find the car, and in return, Nibbler allows Fry to transmit, it's kind of like trans, tr trans, what's the thing Luke Skywalker did at the end of Last Jedi? Uh, transcendal, uh, transportation, transcendence or whatever, he basically transports Fry into one of his mother's dreams from the past, and he basically gets to have like one last heart to heart with her after like he was frozen. And I thought that was an incredibly beautiful moment. And it's wonderful how the show was able to turn... At first, you don't really like Fry's family because they're kind of stodgy and dismissive and they, they don't really treat Fry all that well. But the longer you learn more about them, it's like, well, they do love him, but just in their own way. And that's something the episode did beautifully. And it, it's an episode that always kind of hits me. Not as much as, like, Luck of the Fryrish or, um... Uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yes, that uh, was on the tip of my tongue. But it's still a great episode, especially this late in the game. So at least the writers still had something. And that leads into the final note the show ended on. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Yes. Meanwhile. I mean, guys, if you the very first scene, they land on the moon and Fry says, Hey, Leela, remember that this was our first mission? Instantly, I'm like, this is going to be a good finale. Because yes. I'm just like, yes. At the ending, you always reflect back to at the very beginning. That's what you always do. The Hero's Journey, Joseph Campbell. Look it up. <laughs> so essentially what this is about is um, 
Fry the whole show, and especially this is like his final straw. He's like, I really need to tell Leela how I feel, so I'm gonna propose to her. And meanwhile, Farnsworth invented this <laughs> this little device that. Okay, we should probably talk about Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, happened, there's someone. Uh, let's say one thing before. Yeah. Okay, I'm one of the episodes I think before was uh the episode where the mutants try to fight for their rights and finally got to go back, finally got to be in the service. Uh, one of the fun facts about that episode, it's actually the 100th episode of the series. Oh, I know yeah. that I know that because like, uh, in the episode, it's supposed to be their 100th delivery. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, they and they actually, that. and they reference, they're like, well, Bender's like, well, Fry, you, you probably said, uh, said I love Leela 140 times in the past 13 years. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot of meta humor in it, too. Yeah, and then Farnsworth makes a device that reminded me of an episode of Rick and Morty, where the second you press the button, it starts the time, and you can go as far as you want, like ten seconds later, a minute later, and when you let, or no, is it ten seconds actually? I think it was as soon as you, as soon yeah, as you hit it, you go back ten seconds. But yeah, there's a Rick and Morty that reminded me of this, but we'll get to that later. But anyways, but but in order for the universe to still remember that time, they have to get inside this little pod. And they're okay. They're kind of in the safe zone where they can still remember time before it yeah, resets. They're not affected by they're it. Not affected by it. So when uh, when Fry says to Leela, "I want to propose to you and meet me on top of the vam- Vampire State Building," <laughs> which I can't believe they never used that pun before. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely amazing. And Leela doesn't show up, so Fry thinks, "I'm going to end it all. I have nothing to live for." And as he's jumping, he sees Leela coming towards the building and he realizes wait a minute i've been using this time thing so many times my watch is a little bit off but wait i can just go back 10 seconds before i jump off but oh no he's he's just going down 10 seconds perpetual loop he's in a loop of him just falling and falling you you have to hear that leela reaction fry over and over and over again (laughs) and finally the, the the crew get to gets to leela and um, how does the remote end up at Talila again? Oh, I think Fry dies or something, and she has it. Yes, yeah. Okay, at first you're just like, oh my god, okay, it's so funny the amount of times he just splats on the oh, ground. so gory. <laughs> but Farnsworth set up that if we end up actually being inside of this time zone, that we're going to be like split into like so many atoms within the time, which is what happened to Farnsworth, actually. Like, he... D- I guess dies at this point. We don't know what the fuck happened, right? And then yeah. uh, when they eventually save Fry, thanks to Bender and his uh, kind of parachute balloon thing. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's like a balloon thing. Uh, they accidentally destroy the machine, and Leela and Fry are in the only time, bu- like I guess, in the vicinity of of the time thing. But it freezes the whole <laughs> universe. Mm-hmm. And Fry and Leela spend an entire lifetime together. Yes. Ah, oh, bittersweet at its finest. Mm-hmm. Like that. How does it end? And how it ends is Farnsworth shows up again. He's like, I've just been he's trying to. He's an atom. Yeah. He's an atom. I've just been trying to find you sometime between yesterday and tomorrow, as he says. Mm-hmm. He shows up to when uh, Fry and Leela are sharing, like I guess their last final moments when they're like elderly, because mm-hmm. they spent such a nice lifetime together. Says, well, we can now go back to the very beginning, and Fry just says, "What do you think? What do you say, Leela? One more round, sure." And then it just goes to white, and you're like, "Nice." Wait, so they, do they just go back to the very beginning when they all first met? That's what I 
that's what I think too. I feel like maybe they just rerouted back to this the time where they the world froze and they just like go and spend their life together again. But not only that, it's a great indication to go back and rewatch the show. Yeah, exactly. It's like a loop. Start again. You could. And I just say leave it at that. That was a great ending. It's it's definitely something that emotionally paid off something. Like you know, like really, I was trying to think how the hell would you end the show, and that well, that one episode in season five that ended it with the play with the devil, uh, the idle hands. Oh, the uh, idle hands make devils work. That's an excellent episode. Great we episode. Have showed has it. a really good ep- has a good ending with the no fry keep on playing. It's bittersweet and it's nice, but it didn't have the enough emotional resonance that Meanwhile had. So I'm True. happy with Meanwhile. And just as a little bonus, Simpsons Rama. Or yeah, Simpson Rama. Simpsons crossover, which I watched yesterday just to prepare for this episode. What did you think? Well, um, it is one thing I like it. One reason why I like it better in the Family Guy uh, crossover is that I think Futurama and Simpsons humor meshes better. It's in the it's in the mind of Matt Groening. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like when Family Guy just like makes edgy humor. It just doesn't blend well at all with the simpsons universe well it seemed just too much of a love letter for the golden era of the simpsons and then mm-hmm. it's just family guy's interpretation of what the simpsons is about yeah yeah you know, and it's, it's a it's a it's a nice episode some characters don't get as much to do like fry's kind of just there and yeah. so is leela but like bender and homer spent a great deal of time together yeah that's what you want to see they have an explanation as to how they managed to interspersed and as soon as i it's like Hello, children. We are building a time capsule today. I'm like, thousand years, something's going to happen. I did, just know did it. Did you see this episode, David? The episode with The Simpsons and Futurama crossover? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I did see that. Yeah. It was yeah. not bad. It was season 26 of the show, so I kind of jumped ahead a bit. But... I like how even like the, the creatures that end up attacking the new New York, it's just uh, the, the rabbits that from life and hell... The first thing Matt Green ever created. Sounds like, sounds, like you're, sounds like you're talking about the rabbits from Raymond. You motherfucker. Anyways. Pull your line again, didn't I? <laughs> David, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Anyways, yes, uh, the rabbits that Matt Green created. And it's funny because he wanted to preserve that idea. And that's why he made The Simpsons as a replacement idea. And then it blew up and he never went back to the rabbits again. So it's yeah. like all three of his creations, well, not counting disenchantment, but all three of his first creations just blend together in this episode. And, uh, yeah, we get to see Farnsworth and Frank stand together side by side and have and the I, same glasses. the glasses, I did not even realize that until that episode. And now <laughs> I know it looks so eerily familiar. It's so funny. How do you... It was strange seeing them all in the same room. It, it was cool, but strange at the same time. Yeah, you it's, know, like it's It's, it's, it's fascinating. I love how, like, they all, all the monsters turn into, like, evil Bart gremlins and Homer just does the most sensible thing. He just snaps all their necks like, why you why little? little? Why, why you little? little? Why, why you little? <laughs> Can we go to the Mount Splashmore? Can we go to Mount Splashmore? No. Oh. <laughs> if I say yes, will you just stop fucking me? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, love, I love that episode. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? No. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? Guys. Guys, please. This is not. We're not. No more so to speak. Simpsons. Simpsons is that powerful. It comes back. I don't know. <laughs> but well, uh, um, well, I, is this take us to our final thoughts? I, I I have a question, guys. Yes. And I, well, actually, oh, it's getting hot in here, and I have to take something, a hot take, if you will. <laughs> and Cody, I think you're with me on this. As a show, 
I think I actually prefer Futurama over The Simpsons. In some way. I think it's slightly... It works better as a show. Yeah. Maybe I'm phrasing this wrong, but I just think it's constructed a little tighter than The Simpsons. I'm not saying it's funnier. I'm not saying it's more quotable. But the things that work in it work on a completely different level than The Simpsons. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like there's this continuity between the entire show that if you watch from beginning to end... It rewards you. Yeah. Unlike The Simpsons, where it doesn't really have any forward momentum, it almost feels like it's stuck in a bubble, where the characters don't age and nothing really changes all that often. Sometimes a character dies once in a while, but it's very few and far between when you actually have milestones throughout the series. And another reason I think I like Futurama is that it actually knew when to stop. Yes. And that's a major plus, because it didn't... I, I see comments where it's like, why did Futurama have to be canceled? I'm like, it didn't cancel. It knew when to quit. It knew when to hang its boots. And I think it helps the show in the long run because it it, it, it had a resolution. I, I agree that there are definitely aspects that are better in Futurama than The Simpsons. Futurama definitely has character continuity, knowing how to be kind of more concise it has, a, it has a lot of imaginative setups. It has imaginative ideas and just like lore, almost. Mm. I would say, like I know, you know, it's kind of like ahead of its time in that in that sort of respect. Like I said, there's a lot of background humor. There's a lot of episodes that just feel so like wacky, zany, and creative, but also they don't forget about emotion with the characters. Yes, that's what Simpsons kind of lacks sometimes. It's not as iconic as The Simpsons, but. Okay, I kind of want to get to this. This is what I've been itching to tell you, actually. Tell me I am really... Person. I. It is a shame that I didn't watch this when I was younger, like David. Like, David probably grew up with this, like, the same way we grew up with The Simpsons. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it all kind of started for me, like, uh, many years ago in the summertime when I was at camp, and, like, uh, there was that, and uh, Family Guy, when I first started getting into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish yeah. I had that, because back then, my, actually, my mom, actually, David, my, you might get a kick out of this, so my mom had this four-volume DVD called The Best of Friends, it was the show Friends, but it was, like, a few dozen oh, best yeah. episodes David's of the a, show. David's a massive fan of yeah, Friends, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. he'll get something, he'll get something out of it. Because it was, it was episodes, it was a handful of episodes, like, 24 of them on this 24, on this four box, four DVD box set that oh, had, wow. that spanned from, like, seasons one to four. Five, I think shows don't really do that anymore, do they? My, mom, my, mom's, my mom's got all ten seasons of yeah. TV, and it had you know like the one where everybody finds out, the one with the box, you know, all these great episodes. I'd never seen Friends before. That was my introduction. Was watching like the best of the show, right? Mm -hmm. And after I was like, you know what, I got the gist of the show. I really <laughs> like this. I really like this. And when I finally did sit down and watch all ten episodes or ten seasons, I kind of felt there's a lot of filler. I don't, I, you know, I'm happy that with the introduction that I had. Same thing with uh, South Park. South Park had this DVD. Show, show the pictures up on the screen, or I'll show it to you. Okay. This, this had, this had, Blame like, Canada! Blame Canada! It's called South Park Volume 1, and it was all the hits from, like, both the fans and Trey Parker and Matt Stone's favorites. Oh, wow. And I had that. I own that, and I watched all those episodes all the time, and those were some of the best. And finally, when I watched a good handful of the, the show, like, there's definitely a lot of good stuff, but I, the problem is, is I watched such the the bulk and the best highlights of the show that yeah, I was kind sort of, of like redundant. redundant. Yeah. So with that basis, I really wish that I watched Futurama 
back then with that ba- with that sort of like greatest hits compilation. This show feels like you could watch probably like thirty to forty episodes worth of great ones and then just be done be done with it. Just be gone. That would be interesting to compile a list of all the greatest episodes. We, we that can you almost have. we should just do that. Make a custom playlist of Futurama, starting with obviously Pace, uh, Space Pilot three thousand. Yeah, you have to have the pilot. And, if you miss that, you're and, missing and, the and show. end it all with Meanwhile, and just in between that, show the best of the best. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah, because yeah. I am so fucking done with binging sitcoms. I did it with, and during quarantine, this is what fucking ruined uh, sitcoms for me. <laughs> I binged uh, Seinfeld. I binged Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I wow. binged uh, Community. I almost binged, um, uh, oh my god. Walking Dead? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Parks, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Oh. Okay. Walking Dead, how's that called? Before sitcom, before sorry. the pandemic, I watched all of The Office, and I have to say, like, there's a lot of filler in a lot of sitcoms. Well, they can't it's, all be great. I know, but they, should, but oh, they should uh, be, goddammit. Cody, Cody. <laughs> Cody yeah. did you binge-watch uh, Modern Family? No, I haven't seen Modern Family, actually. Um, me neither. But that's the thing. Well, I, I'd, I'd rather... On Netflix if you were wondering. I'd rather some fan of any sitcom sit me down and show me, like, five episodes that are the best and just warm me up and see if this will be good for me. Because... I'm declaring my resignation, ladies and gentlemen. I've mentioned before that I want to watch all se- 30 seasons of The Simpsons. I quit! I don't blame you. I quit! I made it halfway up to season 21. Fuck it. I quit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even show up for a like, third part. I don't want to quit. I don't want to hate The Simpsons. I quit. <laughs> I quit. There's a couple I'll decent watch. Sure, sure. Show me these episodes in between seasons 20 to 30 whatever i'm not i'm done binging fucking sitcoms and i think futurama that's the last one hey, Cody, say, are you are you a marvel or dc fan at all yeah yeah they're... okay well you can always uh you can always you can always binge watch action shows like uh like arrow and the flash we just had this discussion right before this podcast i said you'll never get me to watch any of those dc or marvel shows ever 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 yeah that's that's fine that's totally fine other other than assad i'm i'm actually the only person in this whole group that watches that's seen the marvel netflix shows and the arrow shows like arrow and the flash yeah well i mean with the, the netflix shows with marvel like i love daredevil season one wasn't crazy about Daredevil season two, and then I had to watch Jessica Jones, which I didn't like either. And then Luke Cage came in, but then it's like, oh, you have to watch Jessica Jones and all the others to get into Luke Cage, and you have to watch Iron Fist. We got get... like it was too interconnected to the point where if I didn't watch everything, I'd be missing out. And then Defenders came out, and I was like, well, I'm, I've I've only suppose... seen one quarter of the show, so what? Yeah, I suppose that's kind of true. Like yeah. it was just too much of a jigsaw puzzle, and it didn't feel like I could just jump in at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, to be honest, I don't remember every single part of all the shows either. Mm-hmm. And I think the MCU is gonna have that problem too. Or if I don't, because I'm losing interest. If I like, let's say I skip Black Widow or maybe Shang. Oh, I'm gonna see Shang Chi with you guys. But let's say I skip, I don't know, Eternals or something. If I don't watch those, will I miss? crucial information that will lead up to other movies that I actually will. Like, at some point, you will. What if you I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I didn't watch anything else? You gotta watch I... Thor 4. <laughs> Thor 4. Thor 4. Thor 4. Thor 4. Thor 4. 
Anyways, guys, remember Futurama? Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I'm sorry. It was I'm great. sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but like That's I, okay. I, I love, I loved that it had a Simpsons feel with the comedy. Mm-hmm. I loved the adventures. I loved the characters, and for the the whole span of the sh- the run of the show, I enjoyed it mostly. Yeah, no. The, the, <laughs> if you want, an asterisk to... is mostly. I mostly enjoyed it. It is a solid ass show. So w- with you, would it just be like seasons one to five, Bender's big score, and then meanwhile? Oh no no no! I'd say maybe like a good tiny little handful of of episodes between seasons seven to to, to ten. Oh okay, that's good. But but also a good handful of seasons one to five plus the Bender's big score. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I, I like oh, to read, watch sorry. those someday. Like that, that I had a nice time watching it. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised not too many of our friends are into Futurama, despite all of us being huge Simpsons fans. As a as a kid, for some reason, I just it, it, I know that I know the theme song. I knew like you know what uh, what it was. For some reason, it just didn't appeal to me. But then years later, when I gained a little bit more appreciation for the sci-fi genre, and then falling in love with like Rick and Morty, <laughs> you know, I can definitely now. Like, Rick and Morty is just a combination of, like, you know, S- Futurama and, S- and, uh... Back to the Future? Back to the Future, kind yeah. of, like, a lot of, a lot of humor from, like, you know, I think if it wasn't for those reruns of Futurama on Adult Swim, there probably wouldn't be no Rick and Morty. There should be a, cro- there should be a crossover Rick and Morty and Futurama. No, no. Um, Let's say lay Futurama to rest. Let's lay that to rest. I feel like Rick and Morty's just gonna rip holes into it all. Rick and Morty's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's funny you bring up the theme song to Futurama. We didn't mention it. I, I, I think it's such a bop. It's basically Louie Louie with laser beams. Mm. And bells. That's funny. I actually didn't know this. It's actually inspired by a song from the 60s called uh, Psyche Rock by Pierre Henry. Yeah, I, I watched. I, I saw the link you sent us. Yeah, that's a pretty good that, song. That too. is cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. And um, it's funny. There's this one map on Overwatch. I think it's El Dorado or something. There's bells on the tower, and if you hit the bells just right, you can actually play the Futurama theme on there. Oh, cool! You just shoot the bells like bing, 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 bing. That's cool. I feel like Overwatch and Fortnite are basically the same thing. They're not. <laughs> Maybe oh. the same level of popularity, but they're not. Okay. But good enough. Um. So is that is that everyone's final thoughts? Basically, David, do you have any final thoughts on Futurama? No, I think we mentioned everything we need to. All right. Well, let's cheese it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, so to speak. It's Glad been a ride. Be Glad to have been here. And if you don't have any soda, drink some Slurm. What does what do you guys think Slurm tastes like? Just out of curiosity. Probably, probably, probably the you know the you know the slime stuff that slugs that comes out of slugs backs like when they crawl. Probably that mixed with the soda water. Uh, it's probably Mountain Dew. Yeah, but pure sugar. I'm just thinking it's just a sh- shitty version of Mountain Dew, and Mountain Dew wasn't so great to begin with. <laughs> Anyways, enough speaking about soda. Let's go to bed. Good night. <laughs> All right. Good night. Night.